0: Brent Martineau. You see him every day on CBS 47, Fox 30. Action Sports Jacks.
1: Austin Lane.
0: He's a former Jag star and current MMA fighter. Broadcasting live from the Anajar and Levine studio.
1: This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 and ESPN690.com. Welcome
0: in on a Thursday edition of Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martino, Austin Lane. Coos is here. We are all here. We will get to a couple of topics that I well did not get to and you guys did not remind me about. We missed two yesterday. Kathy would be upset. Dang. But we had a lot going on. We were talking about bees. Yes. And other things. Mm-hmm. Wasps still in here. That's Wasp the latest is still stuff thriving date. in here. Somebody get a blowtorch. It's amazing.
2: I had a nightmare. About those bees? Did you really? They were doing their dance? Oh, sorry, Jacks I, boss.
3: I, I, I had a nightmare that Brent didn't turn off his cell phone, and here we are again. <laughs> five.
0: five <laughs> what is that? Five, five days uh, in a row. Five dollar, uh, uh, a fine jar. Yeah. For the, uh, the man. I mean, I'm sure eventually you'll get it. It's yeah, we'll get it eventually. Have you ever had it go off uh, when you're doing TV? You know, it's interesting. Um, yes, it's not the computer, but the phone. Yeah. The phone I've actually had. But you couldn't really hear it super loud. Okay, it was in my pocket, and it just caught it quick. So mm-hmm. that uh, that actually happened, I think, last week. Oh, <laughs> was it the first time ever, or I first time in a long it time? Probably wasn't the first time ever. Yeah, but uh, first time in a long, first time long time, first time in a long time, uh, time. Certainly did happen. Speaking of first time long time, I put out there on social media today that I wanted. I've been really wanting to try this thing for years mm-hmm. almost on tv we thought about trying it i was like i don't think it's going to work on tv radio it it has a chance to work and it might just fall flat and not work at all so uh, that certainly could be the play but today we're doing a little request and dedication segment and the idea of the request and dedication is you name the topic Mm. We, I think this is still everybody's show that listens, right? It's not our show. It's your show. Yep. So sometimes you like a topic. Sometimes you don't. I get it. Listen, I've listened to sports radio. <laughs> um, I understand how it works. And we think we try to talk about the topics that people like. Not really what I like. I mean, I'd sit here and talk about baseball for three hours if I really did. You and I would talk about wrestling and yeah. UFC for three hours if sure we well, sprinkle it in. but yes. uh, But anyway, the point is, if you want to talk about something, even a team or a topic and maybe we can hit on that for a couple minutes so that's the request part you have to request it. The dedication part is that you can dedicate it to somebody, or you can pick a song, and Kuz will have to try to find it quickly, and uh, you can dedicate that to someone. Mm-hmm. So we're bringing back the old Casey Kasem. Request and dedication. <laughs> I don't even know. Was that a Casey Kasem thing, or was he just a countdown? Uh,
3: That or like Delilah. Del- Del- does Delilah, Delilah still do requests? I have, no, I
0: have no. no idea. That might be a bad word, by the way, because that might be somebody else. Uh, I've never heard of Delilah. We're not Seriously? supposed to say that. Oh, uh, sorry, because I yeah. like to say... Oh, yeah.
3: You guys will be alright, Kuz. You're going to be fine. You guys are Doing, you guys are thriving might be competition was <laughs> oh, it really yeah, oh okay <laughs> oh sorry i don't, I don't know <laughs> She's not my competition, so I'm all good. <laughs> I enjoy you're it. There, really, I said it. Hey, there, I, I said it. I enjoy it. What are you going to do about it? Hey, you're really a company guy. Hey, just saying. I enjoy it. What are you going to do about it? Way to be a it? company guy, well, Lane. Uh, are the bosses going to come in here? Because my key, my key card still doesn't work. It still so does well. Maybe it I get fired.
0: Who knows? A six-month probationary period is about <laughs> it. <laughs> nice little vacation. Nothing wrong with that. I didn't that. know if you were going to get by that anyway. <laughs> uh, but anyway, so give us a buzz. Star Star 690 today. and i can do it the entire show, but... Uh, we'll we'll take some notes down and and uh, try to get to your topic. The reason I thought about this years ago, why it came to my mind and then started to craft it, is my father in law is a big Reds fan. Mm. So every time he's down here visiting, mm-hmm. he wants to know like how the Reds did. Well, spoiler alert, probably not that good. Well, father in law is also like eighty five years old. Mm-hmm. So father in law lived in a time where people would give the scores on Major League Baseball of every sportscast every sports cast of every team in Major League Baseball. Like you you were too young to even remember that. Uh, but yeah. in like the eighties and maybe even as soon as the early nineties, you know, part of people's sports cast was listing the scoreboards, whether it was NFL season, major league baseball season. Well now we have, Oh no, I remember now, that now we, have tickers, yeah. now we have tickers for that. Yeah, yeah. But I mean that happened at the local level. Like even though nobody cared about Cincinnati Reds, we might Still show it in Jacksonville in like 1988. Sure. Is my point. So that's why I always thought about the segment. Like when he's in town, he would like to hear a couple minutes on the Cincinnati Reds, even though nobody else in town could care, eh, wants to hear it. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, let's spend a couple minutes, even if you're driving through and or you're visiting and you want to talk about some crappy team in Wisconsin. You can do Name that. Damn one crappy team in Wisconsin because I can't do it. But uh, So that's where the idea sprung from. And uh, Star Star 690 is the number. You can also reach out to us on social media. We've had a couple of responses. We'll send it back out there again. And uh, we'll see if we can have some fun with it here in uh, a late June day um, on ESPN 690. Uh, We also have to get to three players for the Gators versus three players for the Duke Blue Devils. Yes. Who will end up better at the end of the day? The better resume the three duke players that were picked in the top 10 this year, three duke uh three gator players that were picked way back in 2007 and uh have had nice careers. Uh even Corey Brewer who I think is the third in terms of the resume, he's played for a, he played for a long time. He's not still playing, is he? I ran into him at the Super Bowl uh, a couple years ago, but Julia? I I think he was on his way out with the Houston Rockets at that time. I th- I thought um, I don't think he's playing anymore. He could still be playing. It's only been twelve years. Yeah, uh, but and again, he was like a five star. So let me go played, and check that out quick.
2: Played thirty two games for the uh, Kings. It looks like Dang, so he, he is still playing. playing. How about that? Well, averaging that?
0: unassuming career, fourteen minutes a game, unassuming at least tail end of his career. Yeah, uh, averaging four point one points a game. So we'll get the resumes out, and who will be better at the end of the day, Gators or Duke? trio yes uh that were picked in the top 10 and the only two two schools to have that happen uh to them uh gators got big news on the basketball front now, i'm not going to talk about it right now because that might have already been a request and dedication okay <laughs> i didn't get so any dedicate. you, I uh, like you going, gotta follow me on twitter uh, i didn't you go know, on twitter good today. show prep today hey, by hey, man i was anything else you're doing right here oh, all right you got punched in the face oh
3: yeah so i was uh doing a little uh resting today <laughs> to say the least so what happened to you just training you know just standard stuff
0: like how does that happen uh, I mean, that's the camera I, side. I don't know
3: how it happened either, uh, near an elbow. I don't know. I don't remember. So, what is it? Is it? What do you mean? It's it, a bruise. Man. Well,
0: I didn't really see. it. So, just a b- bruise. Oh yeah. No blood. No. Well, not not now. It's not bleeding now. It does not look like it was like a, something that. Got o- cut open. It did? No, no, it's just a little, a little more like yeah. so. Yeah, it's all part
3: of it. You know, if you if you're gonna be dumb, you gotta be tough. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> it is what it there's is.
0: There's a there's a three year old that that scraped uh, her knee <laughs> earlier today and yeah. didn't didn't whine as much about that little oh, thing. Oh, uh, I'm
3: gonna be honest. I was trying to find an excuse why I didn't <laughs> do any homework for you and go on Twitter and look up <laughs> stuff today. But truth be told, I'm just not that big on Twitter sometimes.
0: So. Uh, hey, Montel Owens will join us today. Yeah, uh, we've been all over the place, right on our. Uh, 25th year, twenty fifth season celebrations of the Jacksville Jaguars. The Swiss no, Army. The Swiss Army. Teams. Teams. The Swiss are, well, you know, I mean, yeah, special teams for sure. But don't get
3: it twisted. He was a pretty reliable running back when he was called upon, too. Um, kind of a guy that can do it all. So I'm, I'm interested to talk to him today. Is, I, I, I saw a couple seasons with him in Jacksville and in Detroit.
0: Is so. Montel Owens the best special teams player in Jacksville Jaguars history?
3: To me, yes. Because, honestly, um, it might sound bad. I can't really name another guy. Kasim Osgood. Yeah, but was he a pro bowler at well, special teams? Well, Kasim Osgood
0: came in, heralded as a yeah. as a very good special And, by the way, I think he was still pretty good here. Yeah. I don't know if he had enough. Of, Montel Owens was here for a while. Keep mm-hmm. in mind, Montel Owens was an undrafted free agent, too. So he was one of those success stories. A, yeah. a guy never got drafted and made the team and camp and all that stuff. Um, and I'll tell you what. When we talk about this, I'll bring it up a little more. But I think DJ Chark is on his way to being one heck of a special teams player. Yeah,
3: but I don't know, Brent. Uh, You have to understand how special it is to be a pro bowler at the special teams position. Because there's not too many of them. I think there's only two or three per roster. I think they
0: give it to two, right? Two, yeah.
3: Yeah. So you're talking about two guys in the entire NFL. And listen, it's special teams. You have to stand out somehow, um, which is a hard thing to do. So. Like, we, when you're watching film, I mean, those guys will stand out, and they'll, they'll be called game wreckers. We're going through, like, our pre-team meetings, like, hey, we have to watch out for this guy. He's on special teams. And Montel Owens was that guy for a long time, I feel like. And even in uh, Detroit, too, a little bit. So, uh, while uh you know, while Chark may be on that way, um he still has a long way to go
0: to get, get up to Montel oh, Owens' yeah. level. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. this is baby steps for uh, DJ Chark in terms of just, I just thought, first impression-wise. Yeah. Uh, he he impressed me. I mean, that mm-hmm. guy was down the field and he did some cool things. One more note on Montel Owens too. To make the Pro Bowl here in Jacksonville when you're struggling is another sign of how good you are. Mm-hmm. Because usually those kind of things, offensive linemen and special teams, usually go to teams that are doing well and winning, right? I mean, yep. Because it, kind of by default. So I thought it was a, a pretty good uh, honor to to say the least, that Montel Owens uh, made a couple of Pro Bowls uh, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So we'll talk to Montel Owens a little bit later. He's going to be one of those guys, honestly, try to chase him down for a bit, but I have no... I don't even know where he is. I have no <laughs> idea what he's been doing. Yeah. Uh, and i that's the fun part of it for me, just as much as reflecting on being a Jacksonville Jaguars player. No, I'm the same. Like I don't think he even really has Twitter or anything, so... I, yeah, I haven't been able to find him on there. I just... I had his number, yeah. and... Well, it took me a while to get in touch with him even have his number. For sure. (laughs) So he's off the radar, which I always respect off the radar. I I think think that's kind of cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Hey, Mal Washington will join us a little bit later on the program, too. Former tennis pro uh, here in Jacksonville. And a big, big moment for Mal Washington. Jim Furyk, a part of it. The Players' Championship, a part of it this morning. A half a million dollar donation to one of Mal's causes. Uh, We'll talk all about that as well. A lot to get to here. Have some fun late in June on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Thanks for hanging. Request and dedication Thursday, I guess we'll call it. Uh, Hey, this could be a major flop or it could be a lot of fun. I like it. Sounds like half the segment's on our show. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like this whole endeavor. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, we're just being honest. Uh, Before we get to uh, Submarine Mike, who I think has our first one of the day, at least from a phone call, we do have a couple online that we'll share too. Uh, You know what I've noticed? Is your is your family good at making decisions, like in terms of where to go to eat? Like, is going out to eat the hot, hardest thing in the world to pick a place? Uh, you know what? Honestly, it could be worse. Like,
3: we're we're okay. You're all right. Um, usually we're in the mood for something, so it's all good. I mean, there has been moments where it's like no one's making a decision because I'm not the most assertive person in terms of that.
0: But I could have it worse, but so like, I'm thankful. Like, see, there's positives and negatives to this. The the, the negative is, is, like, can we make a damn decision? Yeah. The positive, though, is, like, if you're so good at making a decision, my guess, and I'm not knocking you here, you're probably pretty picky. True. Because... Either that or you're just, like, craving something.
2: Yeah, exactly. I think it's the opposite. If you're picky, then you're not going to – every thing you send out, eh, I don't like that, eh, I don't like that. You know what I yeah, mean?
0: Yeah, but, like, you know you want to go somewhere. Like, if you want to know you want to go somewhere, from. not from a craving standpoint. Like, yeah. there's some – like, I wanted to go to this place. Uh, I didn't know the name of it, but there's, a there's like, this hidden place on Penman Road. Yes. Uh, we were up by the beach yesterday after mm. the show. Ty played a baseball game out at Fletcher. And so I was like, I want to go to this uh, – and I always forget the name of the place. Yeah. But I guess like the PGA Tour guys during the Players Championship, a lot of them go there, and it's supposed to be pretty good. And but it's it's not it doesn't look like this fancy restaurant you'd uh, you'd find in the town center. In sure. the name of it's Dwight's, okay. but I've I've never been. So I was like, oh, let's try something I've never been. I'm big going somewhere I've never been. It's all about those life experiences, man. And uh, now I drove by it and it was packed, so we didn't end up going. Mm-hmm. But I would just say. You can get, like, overly picky to the point where I've got to go here or here, and I yeah. can't go to the seven other places because whatever it might be. You know, style of food, uh, don't like the place, mm-hmm. or whatever. So I guess there's positives and negatives to it. Bottom line is my family can't make a decision at all. No. I mean, we were down in the Neptune Beach area. I think it's Neptune Beach right there, That the triangle they call it. And they've got now they've got like ten restaurants. And we, we I think, walked into three of them and, and didn't go because yeah. we're like, ah. Okay, I don't really feel like this. Yeah. Like, all right, I'm tired of walking into places. You go walk in, and make a decision. Yeah. So we are bad at making decisions in my family, but where I really am getting at here is, I have lived in Jacksonville for 12 years now, and I understand the economy is a lot better when I first got here, like 2008, 2009. You know, it was a recovering economy, or at that time might have even been a bad economy. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's a lot better. I think that's clear to say. I think there's so much more growth in Jacksonville over the last 10 years. It amazes me, and it really hit me in the last couple of weeks because of some of the places I've been and hadn't seen how many restaurants there are in Jacksonville. Oh yeah, it's and an- new restaurants, like new well, places. At the they St. John's just pop Sound Center, up, man.
3: It's insane.
0: Yeah, yeah, but I get it. There, like I'm actually thinking in ver- like even places like where I just said Neptune. There are probably fifty restaurants in in the beach area mm-hmm. where I haven't don't even know they exist. Like if you said the name of it, I'd be like, what is that? Yeah. And there's they just continuously pop up. And also, by the way, you know the economy's good because you have to wait to get in. <laughs> True. People want to, yeah, people are all into eating out. Um, I'm more of a, you know, like cook my own food, or I don't cook my
3: own food. Uh, Usually my wife does. But I think we're more <laughs> of like an eat-in kind of family. Are you but, really? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We are uh, an that's, eat-out that's, family. That just drives, drives you crazy,
0: huh? No, no, I oh, No, am no, probably yeah. jealous. Yeah. I mean, we well, we sit down at the table like... Once a year, and I'm not even sure it's counting <laughs> Thanksgiving. Yeah, I mean we usually do that, but also uh, trucks like a big like food trucks. We're really into yeah, that as Yeah, well. food trucks are cool. Yeah, because you know that's the in thing to do. It seems like, but even but, that, right? It's a new thing. Like you can try yeah. something new all the time. Yet, don't you find yourself going back to the same places well, I, often, oh, exactly. even if though I'm there's all, all these the beach, different places?
3: So if I'm at Atlantic <laughs> Beach where you were by, and you were talking about the restaurants you're going to, there's one restaurant I'm going to, and that's well, two of them. I mean, I like pose for a good burger. Yeah, but if that's I it, where I went last night, by the way, but if I have it my way. I I'm going to the Chicken on a Stick place. Don't even know the name of it, but it's the Chicken on a Stick place that's by the Seahorse Hotel. I've seen that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that one. I've had that before. Yeah, it's the best, man. (laughs) It's good. You get like... 30 pieces of chickens on a
0: stick for, like, two bucks. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're, they're they're losing money. I don't know how they can stay in business. Well, that's the other thing. You go down some of those side roads, they even have even more places yeah. to eat. Yeah. And yep. I didn't even know they existed those right there. All spots are the place to be. Which is really cool. And, of course, the only place <laughs> knows down there is the lemon bar. Bar, yeah. <laughs> yep. They have good fried food. They have good appetizers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, Submarine Mike is on the line. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Do you have a request and dedication, Mike?
4: I do have. Question dedication. Hope you guys are
5: doing well. You're making me hungry, and I'm already fat. uh, um, uh, my request is I'm hoping Austin can talk about I don't know if he saw where Kenny Omega had a tweet and deleted it. It was about uh, apparently WWE Network's gonna put a live event on on their network at the same time as Fight for the Fall, and Kenny was a little upset and then deleted the tweet. He kind of he put a WWE on blast. And then my dedication is we're not gonna take it.
2: I want that to go out to Vince McMahon.
0: Ah, very All good. Right. Thanks, Mike. Thanks for playing along. We appreciate it. Submarine Mike, uh magic whiteboard of his own uh, at the Iceman game. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There you go, Vince. By the way, WWE in the news a lot today. Well, that's actually part of my ball. I know. You yeah. can save that part. But oh, answer I'll save Mike's that question. Part.
3: Yeah, so the whole thing that went down is Fight for the Fallen is in a couple weeks here in Jacksonville. Um, It's going to be a big event. It's going to be streaming live, actually, on Bleacher Report, which is pretty cool. Um, Try to spread the brand a little bit. And it was announced that the WWE obviously is trying to counter that with their own kind of shindig going on. So Kenny Omega said something. He had to delete it. I'm not sure what exactly he said off the top of my head. But um, listen, I think this is good for everybody. I, I think competition breeds success. And I think competition is going to breed the the best wrestling, whether it's All Wrestling or it's, uh, I guess, like the World Wrestling you know, Entertainment Federation, whatever you want to call it now. But with Vince stepping down, and I'll get back to that a little bit with, uh, with, with the balling and falling here, um, it opens some interesting opportunities for the WWE going
0: forward. Yeah. So, Well, we shall see. Well, you guys follow it much closer than me, but what I saw uh, today is I thought a lot of people saying, hey, if this, some of the changes that are being made to WWE, if one thing all elite wrestling, Tony Khan, uh, Cody Rhodes, the people behind it have done is they are making wrestling overall a better product. Yeah. So I guess that's the feeling, but you can expand on that a little bit later. And
3: and here we go. And here's what Kenny said um, that was deleted. He said, if lining your pockets with blood money is okay. Then what's wrong with trying to undermine a charity show for victims of gun violence? Uh. I hear that healthy competition is supposed to be a good thing, and yet I can't help but feel I'm going to be sick. And then Mm. Kenny Omega deleted that after. Um, So, yeah, I mean, obviously. Do you think it's that way, though? Do you you
0: view it that way? I mean, I know it's a charitable type thing here in Jacksonville,
3: but. but, Let's kind of set the scene real quick. So fight for the fallen. It's for the, the the. Victims of gun violence, especially the ones with the landing, mm-hmm. where that Madden tournament was taking um, place, and unfortunately a few victims um, were murdered, you know, at a video game tournament. So uh, all the proceeds of Fights to the Fallen, at least a portion of them, are going to go towards those victims um, and helping stop gun violence. So it's for a great cause, obviously um at the same time and and it's sad to say this but it's a business right and i think vince mcmahon who's running the the juggernaut if you will of wwe um if he sees an opportunity to try to squash his competition he's going to try to do that regardless of what the causes are for or or whatnot i mean if you think this was bad go back to the wwe WCW days, you know, I mean, they would do the same thing. So, um, but like I said, I think competition breeds the best out of everybody. Um, if I'm Ollie Wrestling, I wouldn't be too nervous. I think they still have the backing. Um, WWE has been a little better product lately, but, um, I think Ollie Wrestling has all the momentum right now.
0: I do think, by the way, it's an ultimate compliment if the, the big boy of the sport, right, the, the, the dominator of yep. the sport right, for so long is noticing you so much mm-hmm. that they are making a move like this. And also what they do is they give you a lot of love too, by doing that. Exactly. That, that that's interesting. You know, mm-hmm. that they, WWE, by doing that, but what you're talking about and having an event the same night, well, they are bringing this conversation into play, all elite wrestling getting more play, cool. more branding, more, more love. And then, then everybody else can make their decision after that and check both of them out. But the interest and intrigue, it's almost one of those deals if you're not nervous about them, if you don't care about it, well, you just stay quiet. You wouldn't even say anything.
3: And what does it say about Tony Khan right now and what they have at All Elite Wrestling? We're talking about a company who's literally only had one pay-per-view show. We're talking about a company. Like three months old, essentially. For who, for the most part, has a bunch of unknown wrestlers to the casual wrestling fan. Now, yes, they have Kenny Omega. They have Chris Jericho. They just got Moxley. They got Cody Rhodes. But you're talking about a company that's just in its infancy. Um, that is already on the radar of the WWE and WWE is going so much out of their way as to try to, you know, squash their third event ever without even having any, like a TV deal yet or anything being on t- live television, uh, coming up. That's that's a pretty big compliment, as far as I'm concerned. So if I'm Kenny Omega, yes, I'm upset because it's going to undermine um, what the fight for the Fallen is all about. But at the same time, I take it as a compliment
0: because you are on you are on the radar. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. pretty good. Uh, by the way, I I look at WWE Vince McMahon as the 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 old rich guy in uh, Roadhouse. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good comparison. Right? Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know, he runs yep. the whole town. That he does, man. But look out! Yep, here comes.
3: Patrick Swayze. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he's any character from a Patrick Swayze movie from, like, the
0: <laughs> 80s or 70s. That, that's, like, the bad guy. What's the guy's name that has to say the big dude? Like, in the oh, scene where I he's like, remember. I'm sorry, boss. Um, I'm sorry, boss. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna uh, I forget quick. his name. I forget his character. Not, like, his Roadhouse. the actor name. I'm yeah, just saying yeah. I'm saying the, uh, uh, it's like Tubby or something like that. <laughs> um, big dude. Yeah, I'll, I'll find it. Can't find, find it. Yep. Roadhouse is so good. I've seen it a couple times. Well,
3: like <laughs> a couple a times? Well, when I was a kid, I couldn't appreciate it. You know, I'm like, yeah. this is just whatever. But then... That's one that will I come got. on,
0: man. I like watching it. Roadhouse. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. So there you go. Our first request and dedication. That's what you got to do. 904-362-9901 or star star 690. You can also check us out on the uh, social media platforms. And we do have a couple on there that we'll get to uh, a little bit later on the show. What's his name? Tinker. 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 <laughs>
6: yeah. I said tubby. It's yeah. just the opposite, actually. Yep. It's like Takes calling a big on. guy yeah.
0: tiny, right? Sorry, boss. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, hey, well, coming up next, Mal Washington, former pro tennis player and now doing some unbelievable things in the city of Jacksonville. And he got a great assist today from the Players' Championship to the tune of a half a million dollars. Let's talk some tennis, but also what Mal Washington is doing in the community here in Jacksonville. Coming up next on Action Sports Checks well hey, welcome back, Action Sports Shacks on ESPN six ninety. Brett Martineau along with Austin Lane and Kuz, Cous, Justin Kuzart. Any Fourth of July plans? Your fireworks Nothing guy.
7: Really? I, oh,
0: next
3: question. I'll tell you what, though. Florida kind of sucks in terms of what you can and cannot buy for fireworks around really? here. Yeah, like you can't really buy bottle rockets or Roman candles. I feel like you can. I don't think so. Can you, Coos? I, I mean, mean, I feel like on every corner they have a fireworks. I
2: mean, yeah, yeah but it's not like brother. the real stuff. You got to go up to South Carolina for that. Yeah. Uh, that I'm
3: talking like in Wisconsin, when we were kids, man, we had like giant Roman candle wars where you go in the backyard and just like fire them off at each other and everything. You know, it's interesting. In Rhode Island,
0: you couldn't even buy them. Oh yeah, Growing Pennsylvania. The same you have to way go to you Like can. New Hampshire, I think. To oh get them.
3: yeah, well, Wisconsin was like every single corner, man. And like you know, you you had like your Walmart knockoffs, yeah. and then you had the Black Cats, dude. And like See, the, the, the Black Cats are where it was at.
2: If you had anything more than like a sparkler, yeah. in Pennsylvania, you were getting in trouble.
3: But we used to take PVC pipes and I'm uh, like rocket launchers. So we used to have teams of two, and one guy would be holding the PVC pipe, the other guy would be loading Roman candles and bottle rockets at each other, and we used to fire them off at each other all the time. That sounds safe. It wasn't safe at all, man, but, you know, like, parents were like, oh, yeah, okay, just be careful, I man, yeah, but thankfully, nobody ever really got hurt too bad. Hmm.
2: I will say, uh, on top of that, there was a story going around of kids that were doing that and lit one of their neighbor's um, lawns on fire, so.
0: Well, that, that'll happen, man. I never, it, it's one of those things that fascinates me about our culture, about yeah. humans, about society, whatever fireworks? that we love fireworks. Oh, they're fun. Like See? Wh- why? Now I'm not even talking about. Set. I'm just saying people will sit in line for two hours on Fourth of July and New Year's Eve and and watch fireworks. They'll gather in a place to go watch the sky light up. Now yeah. and by the way, I'm not criticizing that. I've done it. It's there's something fun about it, mm-hmm. but I can't like. When did that start? Why is that fun? Like and it's all across the globe. It's yeah. not just here in the United States. But why are we so? Why do we get into fireworks so much? It's like one of those weird things that I ask myself sometimes, like, why do we like looking up at the sky and watching the colors and, and shapes yeah. of something that just We like up. bright lights. Yeah,
3: I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know, it's like tradition. It reminds me of being a kid, I guess. I, I guess. I mean, maybe that, that, that's maybe, maybe it's in. more We're the whole party. Well, I'll tell you what, though. I'm not really sure what happened to those fireworks. That, you know what I'm talking about? Like, where they explode and they make like the race car noise, like, zzzz. I don't, I don't hear those anymore. Oh, I, I've I seen those. See, yeah.
2: Well, I just, I mean, I went to Disney like two weekends ago, so they do the big... Well, I'm sure they have yeah. the big bucks. Maybe, so I've seen those.
3: Maybe they're trying to cut costs or something like that. But yeah, man, if, if I could get my hand on some Bottle Rockets, it would be game over for everybody. God, I miss those days because I can't find them around here. So if someone's got the hookup. That's
0: uh, A underscore train underscore two at twitter.com. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, I bet there's a way. A black oh, I bet market. A way. And speaking of Bottle Rockets, uh, here's my fireworks story. So oh, we got a story. Yeah, and it's not Jason. Well, it could have been Jason Pierre-Paul, like. <laughs> but so it's sh- New Year's Eve, Sugar Bowl. Yeah, uh, Gators are playing, and I'm in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. So New Year's Eve, the game's not right then. The game's the next day, so I'm on Bourbon Street. Now I'm not really like partying it up. I'm really, just kind of, you know, walking around. And it is because I'm, I'm like want to see Bourbon Street on New Year's Eve. Yeah, like wow, what this place must be absolutely crazy. Mm-hmm. And it was. It was absolutely crazy. Well, I get a call at about like quarter to twelve, and Ty just got hit by a firework. Ooh, that's a good phone call to get. No, not meanwhile I'm on Bourbon Street. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, so bad dad bill happens. How many drinks deep are you right now? I really did. I I, I mean, I might have had a drink or something, but it wasn't like. uh, (laughs) I I actually remember walking. I might have been even by myself. Like the whole everybody else might have gone in, (laughs) and I might have just gone out to see what the kind of like the scene was yeah um but anyway it, it wasn't really about me partying like this has been our house where we lived there was only about four houses on the street yeah and they hadn't finished a cul-de-sac and so people uh they they our friends actually there were some friends of theirs over and they wanted to sh- you know do some fireworks and so they went out to the middle of this these empty lots mm-hmm. and did them this was some like 60 70 80 100 feet away from this person's house like where Ty and Steph and and Kaylee were yeah well Ty is hanging out on like the front porch and apparently a bottle rocket went sideways right toward the house yeah and the story is I wasn't there it got caught underneath his arm and so he now he's four. And it's Yikes. and he comes running in the uh, running right, so in the got house got caught and
3: then exploded underneath his arm and so not? he
0: is in the, coming in the house and smoking like his yeah. shirt is on fire. Yeah. And so uh that was not a pretty scene. Wow. Um apparently you know and what happened is after that so he 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 got burnt pretty good. Yeah. Um and, you know they had to go to the hospital and all that stuff but he he got burnt he, luckily was okay. Yeah. Um and and everything in the long run was okay. But he had this like uh this raw skin now, Ty is already, Ty still is 84 pounds at 14. So at four, he was probably like 22 pounds. And he has this raw skin on, and you had to change the wrap like twice a day. Yeah. And it was awful. It was a terrible experience. Oh. So, another lesson. Must have been a black hat Next cat, week. Though. <laughs> Keep uh, your kids clear of the fireworks. And this, I'm telling you, they weren't even close. Yeah. So, I mean, the the accidents happen, and they're usually freaky accidents, (laughs) right? (laughs) Obviously, we know the Jason Pierre Paul stuff. We know a lot. And there's stories (laughs) like this that go on for days. If you want to watch the news the night of 4th of July or around those couple of days, I mean, you will see it. You're going to get it. Somebody's going to lose an eye, lose a hand, lose a this. (sighs) Uh, In this situation, Ty was pretty fortunate. But... You know, those Disney, you you brought it up because the Disney fireworks, you know, you can't wait to go see them. And the kids are, not Ty. <laughs> yeah. Ty, Ty, not a big firework fan. One of, uh, one of
3: the coolest explosions <laughs> that I can actually talk about where I wouldn't get in trouble was when uh my mom's, one of her old boyfriends, his name was Jim, looked just like Brett Favre, but he was a big fisherman. And he had a half a stick of water dynamite. And I, I'm not talking about like a fake, like firework. This was actually real dynamite. and It was a half a stick and lit it and threw it in the water. And um, yeah, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen in my entire life. Granted to say, uh, might have gotten a little trouble after that. It wasn't my fault.
0: I was watching, but uh, it was a pretty cool scene. Yeah, that's uh, fireworks are fun. Yeah, they are. Just be careful. Yeah, right. At the end of the day, you just make sure you got to be careful uh, with the fireworks and Fourth of July right around the corner. Hopefully, everybody has a a happy and a safe one. Hey, let's welcome in uh, Mount Washington right now. He had a huge day this morning. For his foundation, uh, the Mal Washington Foundation has has been around for a long time, and he's done some fantastic things with it. But how about a half a million dollars from the Players Championship? Jim Furick, his buddy, was there uh this morning, and uh, he joins us now. Action Sports Jacks on ESPN six ninety. Br- Brent martin along with former Jags player Austin Lane, Mal, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, living the dream, Brent. How are you? Oh, it's awesome to talk to you. I haven't seen you in quite a bit, but uh, congratulations on this this morning. Uh, tell us a little bit about uh, what happened this morning.
5: It was uh, it was a great day for us. I mean, we've been uh, going back to January 2018. We kicked off a big campaign to build our youth center. Um, that our teams named uh, Club 904, it's called, and we're raising five million dollars. And we've been talking to the Players Championship and the PGA Tour for a number of months about what they might be able to do. And uh, today they c- committed to a five hundred thousand dollar matching gift, which basically means if we can make if we can raise five hundred thousand dollars, they will match it dollar for dollar. Up to five hundred thousand dollars. So, uh, it, for us, it was just a tremendous commitment, you know, on the on the uh, part of the players. But honestly, Brent um, and Austin, this is what the players have has been doing ever since since it's been here in Northeast Florida. I mean, they give millions and millions and millions of dollars back into the community, into charities, just helping helping communities, kids, education, so many different organizations that they help. And we're just really fortunate that they would commit to us at this level.
0: That's really cool. And, and you said it, uh, you know, the Players' Championship is not just a week-long event. It's not just a build-up around it. It's not just handing uh, out that trophy and all these great golfers out from all over the world that come in on this beautiful golf course to play at the stadium course at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, th- you feel the effects of it uh, year-round. And, and Jim Furick and Tabitha Furick, obviously, uh, good friends of yours, Mal, but uh, really good friends of this community they do so much so it's appropriate he was there as well, you you've been doing this now for 23 years. Uh, maybe right. uh, to, to some, I think uh, probably doesn't get uh, as much attention as it deserves. What you've been doing? Uh, why did this start? Uh, did you ever envision it would be going almost 25 years? And uh, we've followed it along at times uh, during my uh, 12 years here in Jacksonville. We've already shared uh, on TV. I know on CBS 47 and Fox 30 a lot of the success stories. But you see it up close and personal how your work and everybody's work with your foundation. Has really helped kids along the way.
5: Well, Brent, let me let me say it started uh, back in the mid '90s when we were uh, when we started the organization and we brought it here to Jacksonville. And really, it was it was nothing more than a way for me to introduce the sport of tennis, which I, I consider the greatest sport in the world. No disrespect, to Austin and you, and football. But <laughs> no worries, man, um, you're all good. <laughs> I consider tennis the greatest sport in the world, and I just wanted to introduce a group of kids to the sport. Kids who otherwise wouldn't have the opportunity. And when we partnered with the Boys and Girls Club uh, back in the late 90s, um, it was a way for me to get on the tennis court with kids when I was off the road. When I was in, come back from a tournament in South Florida or California, Mexico or Australia, I could come back at any given day when I wanted to. I could go out and be on the court with the, with a kid just teaching a little bit of tennis. But I don't want anyone to think we're, you know, we're a tennis program because we're not. Because ultimately what happened was. When you're when you're hanging out with kids and you're you're engaging with them, you're eventually going to ask them, you know, how's school going? You know, how how's classes? And it was difficult when I would uh, have a conversation with a kid who was struggling in school. It was difficult to what do you say to that that individual? Well, uh, just keep working hard. You know, we only do tennis, mm-hmm. and it was little things like that that made us say maybe we need to do a little bit more than tennis. We started our after school program called TNT Tennis and Tutoring. Um, and that's still going strong. And, and since then, we've implemented a uh, a life skills program, really just really addressing, you know, a whole child athletically, academically, um, trying to build character, trying to uh, help them set goals so really they can realize their full potential. Uh, and that's what I want for my personal kids, my two kids. I'm sure you guys, you know, you want that with, with your families. So this is my extended family. You know, 200-some-odd kids in my extended family, I want them to reach their full potential as well.
0: This is going to sound like a silly question as Mal Washington joins us here on Action Sports Jackson on ESPN 690. But i why the Teen Center? Why the idea for this? And just to give people a little bit of background, uh, this will be a 13,000-square-foot facility located at Emmett Reed Park. Uh, which is adjacent to your uh, current youth center, the teen center, uh, according to your release, will include classrooms, a teaching kitchen, technology room, recreational areas, and administrative offices. So, uh, you know, why? Why now? Why in that spot? Why is this needed in Jacksonville? Back in
5: 2016, I, I, we were having a board meeting, a foundation board meeting, and I put it out to our board. I said, look, what we're doing is working and we can statistically prove that what we're doing is working. If there was a way to raise the funds, and if there was a need, can we grow? Can we do something more? And we collectively decided as a board, let's embark down this road. Let's see if we can raise the money. Let's see if we can double the number of kids that we're serving. And with our with our staff, one of the things that they said we should emphasize is is let's see if we can focus more on our teens. What we have found in 23 years of programming is the longer kids are in our program, and when I say longer, I mean year after year, kids were in our programs and engaged with us for, you know, 8, 10, 12 years, the longer they're in our programs, the more success they have. When the kids leave the program, or is usually when they're in high school, maybe they're a little um, maybe they're a little more engaged in other sports maybe they got a boyfriend girlfriend maybe they say you know what i've been here at the foundation for years for a few years i don't really need this right now so we said what can we do to create additional programs to give them even more reason to stay engaged with uh with our program and what we're doing and the answer to that was a teen center so we've actually really engaged them in every pro every step of the way Engaging our kids in the fundraising process, in the design of the building, in the naming of the building, and even in the programming that that we're going to have in the building. Years ago, I would have never thought we'd be having a teaching kitchen and and a technology center um, or a music technology center in our building, but those are the type of things that our students said they wanted. So we want to cater to that and uh, just give them one more reason to stay engaged with us.
3: Mal, this is Austin Lane here, man. Uh Being a former professional athlete, obviously, you know about goals, you know, and, and you've had this youth foundation now for two decades. Obviously, I think that the major goal right now is this $500,000 contribution uh, to try to match that, you know, for the teen center and, and get all, all that squared away. But in the future, like going forward in the next couple of years, what are some of your other goals here with this foundation that you're running?
5: Well, I would have never thought, and this goes to your question, uh, Brent, a few minutes ago. I didn't envision this is where we would be 23 years ago. Um, really, it was just exposing kids to the sport of tennis. But one of the things we want to try to do, uh, Austin, with the foundation is how can we set ourselves up to be sustainable for years to come. And my mindset is it's kind of like a, a university. You, you take University of North Florida, you know, with with their endowment, or I started out at the University of Michigan. They have a $10 billion endowment, and the reason they create those things is so the, the school can be sustainable not just for the next five years or 10 years, but literally for the next 250 years. Uh, that That is how they think. And I would like to think that long after I'm gone, Um, My foundation is still impacting young people in the 32209 zip code, Um, one of the most challenged zip codes in northeast Florida. So I'd say the ultimate goal is to position ourselves so 10, 20, 30 years from now, we're still existing. Serving more and more kids is is always a goal. And engaging, this is something a little different than we've done in the past. We want to engage a group of kids that we've never been engaged with before. Traditionally, we start them young in elementary school and then grow them through the program. And with our teen center, we're going to start with our current teens, but also taking in a group of teens we've never engaged with before because there's always that group. That group of teens today, who were not in a program, who could absolutely use a program. So with uh, w- with our programming and with everything we're doing, we're just trying to put them on a good on a good path forward. And uh, you know we we've, we've been able to realize a way to or create or uh, realize a way to do that. And, and it's working. So we just want to continue to do more of the same.
0: That's really cool. Well said. Great vision. Uh, Mal Washington uh, joining us, former pro tennis player, and now doing some fantastic things uh, here in the Jacksonville area, Ponte Vedra uh, it resides, but uh, doing so many things across Northeast Florida with his foundation. You know, you, I think you touched on this a little bit, but uh, what sense of pride do you feel when you see a young person, now a young adult, that's gone through your program, and you and you go, I remember this kid, boy, girl, whatever, when they were five or six or nine, or and you, and you see what they're doing now, or they come back and thank you. I mean, that that's got to be kind of uh, a sense of pride that probably gives you goosebumps.
5: It is. It, it is. It's very cool when when a student continues to reach out to us. We want to be a huge resource for our students. Whether they're in, in middle school, high school, college, post college, and we, we still do. We have students who have long left the the foundation still reach out to us for for a piece of advice, or do you do you know a contact with this company? And that we always want to be that uh, that resource. But one of the stories I often tell is a young man who, not so young anymore, he's actually graying a little bit. He's uh, like thirty <laughs> years old now, but he actually came into our program in the middle in middle school. Okay, had a very some very a lot of challenges just just growing up, and he he'll tell you he was on a on a very rough path, but he came into the foundation, grew to love the sport of tennis, walked onto the tennis team at Florida A and M, graduated, now he's married, three kids, and he works full time and has for probably six years now with with my foundation as our director of tennis, but here's here's the cool thing about it, we're now impacting a second generation we impacted him and because of the young person the young man he has become um he's now impacting his own kid so it, it, we're now getting to a point where ha- we're having generational impacts on young
0: people that's pretty awesome uh mal washington with us we'd be uh, remiss if we didn't talk a little bit tennis with you uh tennis uh, to me especially here in the Jacksonville area, from an amateur level, is unbelievable. The participation is enormous. I don't know if it's like that across the country or around the world. I feel like it might be from an amateur level. But in the United States, I kind of feel like the game, the men's game, because we don't have an American star, you get the sense that it's struggling. It's an interesting dynamic, but you know it in and out. From your view, where's the sport of tennis, especially on the men's side? You know, it's, tennis
5: as a whole, internationally, uh, tennis is alive and well uh, with, on the professional level, without question. Every country uh, is, is trying to produce Grand Slam champions, not just the United States. Every country is trying to do that. And unfortunately, on the men's side, the last player to win a Grand Slam was at the U.S. Open 2003, and that was Andy Roddick, the last American man to win incredible. a major. That's incredible, it, it, isn't it? fascinating considering you had it in my era you had you know Agassi Sampras Courier Chang and then before that you had kind of like the McEnroe Connors era yeah. so for throughout the 70s 80s and 90s Americans were were cleaning up with you know with grand slam titles and and there's it's been this tremendous drought um since then i mean i was in the finals of the wimbledon todd martin reached the finals of two majors um but it's been a a, a crazy drought and i don't know how to explain it i know the usca's putting a lot of money towards trying to create champions. But, um, I mean, Austin knows how difficult it is to put a winning, successful team um, on the field. I mean, you want to win, you want to get to the playoffs, and you want to win the Super Bowl. That is the goal, and guess what? Only one team is going to achieve their ultimate goal every single year. And I would imagine, I don't don't know this for sure, but Austin, I would imagine there are times where you might be on a team and you realize, you know, in in training camp – we're probably not going to win the Super Bowl this year.
3: <laughs> you know what? Usually, uh, now that kind of came into fruition usually week three or week four of the season. You know, yes.
5: You know what? And, and that and, and that kind of that it stinks because you you know you're you're putting everything you have into it and you you realize you're just a, you're a struggling team. Well. You know, it's kind of like that with men's pro tennis right now. I mean, the USGA and players are putting everything they have into it. But you you have these, these three guys at the top right now, some guy named Federer, <laughs> Nadal, and Djokovic, who just seem to be kind of cleaning up. I mean, if, I suppose if you take out, you know, if you take out uh, Tom Brady and the New England Patriots, you know, a lot, of, lot more people would have some... Some, uh some Super Bowl rings. Good point. He's one of the greats, as are kind of the Federer and the Dolls and Djokovic. So there's a reason why a lot of guys aren't winning majors right now, and it's because of those
0: three. And hey, we have uh, like two, two minutes, maybe even 90 seconds. 1996, you make the Wimbledon Finals. Wimbledon's coming up, uh, well, right about, I mean, it's happening. <laughs> Not coming up, it's happening. Um, yep, on Monday. Yeah, uh, so give us a, a memory from there now that it's been a, a, what seems like a distant memory, but w- what was that experience like what do you tell the story when you talk to kids or, or people ask this question that i'm asking you
5: well it's, it's funny well i don't really tell this story to kids but i can i can tell it on your show <laughs> um, it's literally yesterday someone uh someone sent me a picture and when, when i was standing on the on the court on the final day of Wimbledon, a streaker literally ran across the court. That, that's what people remember. People don't remember who I was playing or whether I won or, won or lost. They remember the streaker running across the, uh, the court. And someone sent me a, a, a picture just yesterday of that of the streaker running. And apparently it's in, like, the the issue right now, runner's world. And and it was, like, one of the stories in runner's world. So there's this picture of me, the streaker, and I'm in the background. Um, that's that, When you asked that question, that was the first thing that came to mind. I like it. (laughs) I like it. uh, On the more more serious tip, it it was the – the fulfillment of a dream. When you're a kid, you dream of being in the Grand Slams. You dream of being on center court at Wimbledon, and I was there on the final day back in 1996.
0: Man, I can remember watching, man. I uh, loved watching Wimbledon, and uh, now you can watch Wimbledon coming up uh, next week. Mal Washington doing some fantastic things. By the way, check out his foundation, malwashington.com. You can get a lot more information, maybe how you can get involved, but see all the great things that Mal and so many folks that are associated with the foundation are doing. Hey, man, great catching up with you, and uh, I'm glad things are going so well. Keep up the great work. Thanks. I appreciate you both. Take care, Brent. Take care, Austin. Thank right. you, man. Mel Washington uh, lives in Ponte Vedra, calls Jacksonville home like so many. Uh, former pro athletes, and, and, man, what an impact he's made over the last uh, 23 years. And a big salute to the Players' Championship once again. You know, Mel Washington played in our Dream 18 yeah. uh, years back. We actually played a hole with uh, the tennis racket. Oh, <laughs> Put the golf clubs down. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I like that. It was pretty cool, man. I mean, yeah. I can remember him in the in the uh, in Wimbledon in those yeah, Wimbledon finals. Sure. So uh, pretty awesome stuff. Very and good cool. insight on men's tennis uh, in the game today as Wimbledon gets going next week across the pond. Hey, when we come back, more requests and dedication, balling and falling as well on Action Sports Jackson ESPN six ninety. Hey, great to catch up with Mal Washington, uh, former uh, tennis pro and. And now doing awesome things here in Jacksonville. And a hat tip once again, the Players' Championship. And they give back millions and millions to the uh, community. Uh, I love the event. I love the week. uh, And and probably even more than that, I love what it does uh, for this area and so many uh, that can use it for so many good causes. So uh, congratulations to everybody. Part of that big day. Uh, Coming up in a little bit, we'll also talk about another fun event, special event uh, down at Jags headquarters today. The rookie class was involved. Uh, with with sharing a few moments uh with some young folks from the Special Olympics. Uh Marcel Robinson was out there, and we caught up with some of the rookies, so we'll share some of those comments. So a lot of good things happen in the Jacksonville area today. Uh, I've got a good thing to share with Ballin' and Fallin'. That's coming up in just a moment, but let's get it going first with Austin Lane in Ballin' and Fallin'.
3: I teased it a little bit, but Ballin', I have to give credit where credit is due. The WWE uh, is Ballin' because they have announced that when they switch over to their new TV deal, Paul heyman will run uh, raw and eric bischoff formerly known from wcw will run smackdown uh that's going to allow vince to step aside and what i assume would probably focus on more of the xfl um and you know on other business ventures now vince mcmahon is still the president of both companies but he's not going to have his hands on it so much and one could argue that the reason why the ratings of, of wwe have gone down lately are, are because of vince mcmahon so the fact that he has paul heyman who's by far the best manager right now in wrestling, a guy who was the president of ECW, which was kind of like the underground, um, kind of like the indie, uh, wrestling scene for a long time. And then also you have Eric Bischoff, who used to run, you know, TNT and used to run, um, WCW, uh, kind of at the helm now. Two guys that really know wrestling, two guys that have been in the game for a long time that can offer some fresh new ideas. I think, uh, it's like I talked about, you know, with Ollie wrestling now and with this new, uh, trade-off, I feel like wrestling is going to be
0: better than it's ever been. Ah, there you go. Uh, good uh, so wrestling ball. twice in the first hour. I know, right? My Fans goodness, just, what is happening? I know. Sorry about that, Brent. I've lost control. You really have. Uh, speaking of balling, golf, so, are we need to do some golf talk now? No, how about okay. Vanderbilt Baseball wins the uh, College World Series, right? Props to them. Uh, yeah. Good for them. Uh, pretty cool stuff. Uh, you know, hat tip to Michigan, because yeah. uh, they, they they were awesome. They were fun to watch. I mean, yeah, go all the way back. They beat UCLA and then they, they were the team to beat. It looked like for a bit all the way through game one of this uh, championship series. But Vanderbilt just so good. So, so good. Uh, but coming out of that, so, so balling is there. But I think, did you see this story? There's a, there's a little background here for me. So I guess I, I've got a little bit of an attachment just from a location standpoint. Tyler Brown's their, their closer. Vanderbilt, okay. big kid. And he is from, the he's from Ohio, but he now has a a hometown of Ashland, Ohio, where I went to school. Okay, yeah. A ki- a buddy. Th- it's a long story, so go read up on Tyler Brown. But mm-hmm. the bottle, he lost the. I think his dad was never around. His mom um, died of cancer mm. when he was, I think, thirteen, and a family adopted him. And I did not know this until recently. I'd always seen someone that I knew sharing information about Tyler Brown. But then I went and read the story. Well, a kid that I played baseball with, who's on my college baseball team, adopted Tyler Brown. Oh, wow. Huh. So I was like, Dang. holy cow. Yeah, is that yeah. wild? Small world. Yeah. Well, so the other part of this story is Tyler Brown has a little daughter, uh, the closer for Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and she has Down syndrome. And she also has had two heart surgeries at a very young age. Well, he got word earlier in the College World Series while they were in Omaha that she won't have to have a surgery for a long, long time, that it's going really well. So there was good news there. And last night, Brett Michaels of Rockstar Fame. I was going to say the Brett Michaels. made a ten thousand dollar donation to the charity on behalf of his daughter, Tyler Brown's daughter. Yeah.
3: yeah.
0: Um, Brett Michaels also has a had daughter that was, that was yeah. down syndrome, yeah. right? Yeah. Yep, correct. Well, so
3: I know he had a daughter that was I'm not sure if it was Down syndrome, but I know he had a daughter that had uh, some kind of Um, thing up with her but yeah
0: yeah so uh so anyway i thought that was kind of cool i I did not see that until recent uh, until today that brett michaels made a big donation on behalf of tyler brown so um pretty cool i brett michaels man wow that's awesome so there you go that's my ball in a roundabout way it goes from from uh omaha to nashville tennessee and vanderbilt to uh ashland ohio and to brett michaels very very (laughs) cool (laughs) <laughs> Fallen, I gotta go I guess Brent Michaels, by the way, was a, a big baseball player Before being a rock, like he, was, he really loved baseball But had a big arm in, He had that arm injury when he was a kid I think that's what I read well, in the story It all worked out for him I used to watch uh, Rock of Love on VH1 um,
3: Talk about some must-see television uh, Fallen sounds Did like you ever watch that or not? No. It was, okay. Well, yeah, we won't get into it then. Uh, Fallen. For the third straight game, a fan has been arrested for storming the field of a baseball game uh, involving the Los Angeles Dodgers. Now, this hasn't got a lot of news because obviously the MLB doesn't want to promote this, but um it's starting to be kind of an issue. Uh, Cody Bellinger went on record saying that I don't think I should have to worry about who's going to come on the field and whatnot. I think, um, it could be dangerous. The problem is that these are just kids who are just getting a slap on the wrist. The punishment should be more severe. And I completely agree. I mean, we talk about it all the time in the NBA where fans, um, interact a little too much, whether it's, you know, saying racial things towards players or even touching players. And it looks like baseball right now is no different where, um, you know, kids are just basically jumping on the field and doing whatever they want. And I don't know. I don't know if it's more for just the social media fame of recording it and trying to be famous that way but um i think some things need to take place here whether it's more harsher punishments or better security whatever the case is but there's no reason why um in the past three dodger games three fans have been on the field
0: yeah and i wonder the penalties must not be enough obviously not stiff enough and, no, and sometimes not at all. they can be i mean just a moment i mean if it's harmless i think they do probably they're pretty flexible with it but uh they I, i'm assuming there's some security meetings going on at Dodger Stadium yeah. <laughs> after uh, what's transpired there. Okay, here's my fallen. What are you doing, LeBron James? Oh. you going to give up number 23 Anthony Davis?
3: Is that what's going on right now? That's the report. Oh, Anthony Davis, the real big dog in LA, then.
0: I mean, come on. Dang!
3: You can't do that. Can you do that if you're LeBron no. James? No, absolutely not. I mean, sorry, hey, kid. Sorry, king, dude. King James or Prince James? What? What are we calling you? I thought you're the king, dude.
2: He wore six in Miami. So what?
0: I, it's just the his notion. Team. No, I'm that, with you, Brent. That, he I'm with you. G- that he's given up I'm his number you. for another player. We're talking about LeBron James.
3: I'm with you, Brent.
0: I'm absolutely I mean, like, 100. It wouldn't matter. Like Michael Jordan, even when he wore 45, stupidly. <laughs> right, you were forty five that one year, right? Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, uh, he wouldn't have given it up to somebody. No, he's Michael Jordan. No. Anthony Davis is a great player. Fantastic. Anthony Davis can wait out LeBron's career and get twenty three. Then, yeah. And by the way, six is a bad number. How do you I f- mean, six. how do you Why did he L- ever have a- six anyway? How do you
3: think the LA fans feel? The the fans welcome, well, for the most part, welcome LeBron James <laughs> with open arms. <laughs> bought all these twenty three jerseys. And now what's up, dude? You're just going to stab us in the back and switch over to number six again? Well, the team needs money, Don't so not they have the buyback thing? <laughs> I, let's hope so. <laughs> Fanatics or something. Let's hope so. Dude, they better have yeah, it. LeBron, come on, man. You're you're King James. Yeah, I, you're, you're not Popper James. I, I saw Prince this. I was James. like, what are we doing here? I mean, wow.
0: again, Anthony Davis is a great player. Yeah. But well, was Anthony Davis – One other thought about – Did you see Anthony Davis waive the, the $4 million, like, no trade Claw, or, or what was that? No, tr- What was this $4 million thing, Anthony no,
2: Davis? Uh, I think it was a no-trade no trade clause class, right? or something no
0: like yeah, that. No-trade yeah. bonus. Oh, uh, no-trade bonus. Help, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, and
3: in doing so, it helps Opens the team build money. the roster. Yeah.
0: Can I live in a world where I can just waive $4 million? Man, I wish, right?
3: <laughs> I know, right? I mean, <laughs>
0: yeah, it ain't I listen ma- this it. was going to make a ton of money. I get it. But yep. that's the world they live in. Four million
3: bucks. Did you see he's going to be in Space Jam 2, by the way, as well? Makes, yeah. you, makes you really wonder what was really going on with the whole L.A. thing, Space Jam. Come on. Of course. Come on. All right. But uh, I don't know, is Andy Davis
0: going to be starring in Space Jam now? Because if you're taking LeBron's number, you're that's why. That's why people, this is where the rumors are coming from, because uh, it says pictures from the set of Space Jam 2 have shown James starring in the sequel wearing number six, not number 23. Oh, that's how okay. people found out about it. Yeah. Because of those pictures. God, you,
3: you better have a sweet theme song like the first one, or I'm not even going to be on board with it. I'm just telling you right now. Right here? No, I'm talking about the, the oh, sweet, sweet theme, theme song for <laughs> Space Jam. I thought you yeah, we were here, talking about request and dedication show, South here, Beach Gary. Yeah, here,
0: you're, you're re- really putting yeah, a lot Gary, of pressure on South Beach Gary. Yeah, absolutely. What you got, <laughs> South Beach Gary? Where the heck you been?
4: Oh, been a little under the weather, but I've been listening, guys. I ah, hope hey, you in, feel better. In honor of Brett Michael's kind gesture, let's make the song of the day something to believe in by, by Poison. How's okay.
0: that? Very good. That was a quick uh, audible for you. I like that. What's well, thank your thank uh, you for the
4: wrestling information, there, Austin? Uh, excited to see that uh, Vince is getting his grubby little hands out of there, and uh, yeah. Triple H is taking over because I didn't like the job he did either.
3: Well, I'll tell you well, what, Gary. Uh, if you're into wrestling information, a little spoiler alert for you. If you if you stick around for stay in your lane, I have some more wrestling information oh for my you as well. Gosh, another one. Go ahead and
4: relax. Bro. Hey, uh, hey, guys. A, a little. Uh, Charity information, do you realize that many years the PGA Tour has raised more money for charity than the four major sports combined? Did you guys know that? You know, uh,
0: I, no I, did not, I did not know that was a number, but I get what you're saying. You, you, you're not saying the players' championship; you're saying the PGA Tour as a whole. And, the and PGA
4: that, Tour yearly. That does not raised, surprise I've, me. I've raised more money than the many years than the four major sports combined.
0: That does not surprise me, really. I think if you look at the four major sports, they have really been on the the uh, the, the charitable growth, probably more so in the last ten years than any any other time. Uh, and I might be a little bit wrong, but if you think about like stand up for cancer, I think baseball does. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, er- and obviously the NFL does a lot of different things uh, with military and also with yeah, v- but v- various cancer. How bad does research? the
3: NFL look where they're doing all these things with the cancer research, military appreciation, and the PGA tour is kicking everyone's
0: butt? Yeah, I think it's interesting about the PGA tour. They have built a, a, a an interesting um, blueprint. Of how to do that in every community they go back to. It's not just Jacksonville, but everywhere they have an event, and on all their levels, there's always a kickback to charity in a big way.
4: And, and Brian, you, you've met many, many famous athletes over the years. Wouldn't you agree that there's some of the nicest giving people in the world are on the PGA tour?
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I don't sit here and think about that too often. Uh, I think there are. I think you could also have some bad apples on the PGA Tour as well. Uh, I mean, not not just the charity, but
4: I mean, as, as far as intermingling signing autographs with the fans, most yeah. of them, uh, except Tiger, <laughs> are pretty good at, he's uh, gotten better, I think. you know, being goodwill ambassadors for
0: the sport. Yeah, I agree with that, Gary. I think that's good. And, uh,
4: uh, I think I think the other sports need to do that. They need them to do more of these signings and do that, more of these meet and greet things and, you know. I can understand the older players that didn't make a lot of money, you know, signing for money. But uh, I just think, it, 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 sadly, there's a little bit of a disconnect, as I said, in the, in the bottom half. And I think it's because, just because there is so much money in, in the games now. Thanks, guys. All right,
0: thanks. Hope thanks. you feel better, South Beach Gary. You know, uh, that, that's... It's an interesting topic to me because I feel I I get the players' side of it and the team side of it, and I think there is a lot of organizational stuff that goes on. I mean, we see Jags players sign all the time at training camp. Now they'll do it by position group. Now, like, hey, this Whoa. guy, these quarterbacks are going to sign on Tuesday, and yeah. then the corners on Wednesday, and and guys are fantastic with their time. You see them in the grocery store around here; they're fine, especially in Jacksonville. Like, don't get it twisted. There's other teams in the NFL that don't even do that. Don't do it. You're no, right. Not You're at all. Right. So, so I,
3: Jacksonville is one of the best teams,
0: I think. For and, and looks, I just saw I just saw a great interaction with Albert holes and a cardinals fan last week i mean that was unbelievable Mm -hmm. i think the baseball guys do it a lot now too i think everybody does it uh i i think some people do it because it's a it's a great social media thing Mm -hmm. and and their organization wants them to do it yeah uh but i think a lot of players and people do it i think there are more fans to get to now than maybe ever before in a lot of the sports remember nascar got real popular because you could get up close and personal with them Mm -hmm. and even that once they became such stars in nascar i think died off a little bit uh not not to the degree at least it grew up on and i think the more star power there is the harder it is to get to people i mean there's more demands on their time i mean there's places to go people to see and 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 now you can make money off everything and that's the other part of it south beach gary brings up a point well it's who are, who is getting the autograph i don't think many kids get turned down from getting an autograph But now there seems like there's always an agenda with a guy getting an autograph or a person getting an autograph. They're going to sell it on eBay. They're going to put it somewhere else. And Mm -hmm. everybody, again, goes back to brand. Their brand is important. Their brand has value. Mm -hmm. you know. To a degree, it's the Tom Brady thing, right? Tom terrific. That's why he didn't want that out there. So he bought it so nobody else could put it out there. So there's a lot going on. Now, I don't think it's easy just to say. Times have certainly changed, but I think it's the superstardom of players. And the dollars that they make makes it for a bigger disconnect. You used to go down to spring training, and you could almost have lunch with baseball players at spring training. Yeah. Now you hardly see them. They're on the backfields. They're all over the place but nowhere to be seen in front of the fans. True. You know, not and, well, like it used to be. Well, let's look at the environment these days, too, Brent, where,
3: yes, autographs are still a thing, but I think more people, especially the younger generations, want selfies now. than like It's like, hey, can, can we record this video together? And then, listen, maybe one video is cool, but when you're recording 10, 13 videos, like a pop, I mean, it can kind of get kind of uh, mundane and long. But It, it can. I mean, yeah.
0: I know what it's like. That's why I carry a Sharpie
3: around oh, all the time.
0: Oh, okay. So... Fucks of the day. Brett Martin will carry on a
3: sharpie. It's, he has signed some autographs. it's unlikely
0: that I'll turn you down. Fair enough. Get them while they're hot. Farm fresh. <laughs> hey, uh, a little bit more on this Lakers situation uh, and a shorter regular season in the NBA. You like the idea? Very progressive NBA. Ah, that's next on ESPN six 6ix9ine. <laughs> what? You just, you're just
3: watching me nod my head? Dude, I'll tell you, man, if it's some music plays, it doesn't matter the genre. I'm going to get distracted and just start nodding my head usually if I like it, unless we're playing Three Doors Down or what else Kuz is playing before. And, and no offense to them. Three Doors down's good, but, you know, a little bit of them goes a long way.
0: <laughs> if you get what I'm saying. Hey, Kuz,
2: 82 games to potentially 50 games, is that the story? With a tournament, like you were saying, in the middle.
0: So it's like an all-star game type of feel. Instead so what of an I was all-star game, was
2: they were saying around like Christmas time, but there was going to be like actual trophies. But then it like makes it almost like two mini seasons.
0: Where? Why is this happening?
2: Or, or so why many is injuries? It, just because of the injuries? I think injuries, and it's a long season. I mean, eighty-two games is kind of a lot. Well, and it doesn't matter.
0: <laughs> yeah. Essentially, right. no. I mean, it doesn't matter. I mean, and if there is one sport where the regular season does not matter. I I mean, maybe hockey. Well, do you mean just because the same teams always end up? Just because well, so you can be the... What? Okay. When I say it, I blanket statement say it doesn't matter. Yes, it matters a little bit. Yeah. But my point is by January, we essentially knew who the big players in both conferences were. Yeah. Right? Yep. Hockey's a little different because you Weird. get like the eight on and all that. stuff. So, yeah. So I think it's different, but we don't often get the eight beating the one. So that last team that got in by a half a game in the Eastern Conference upsetting the one. And I, I, we do get it. It's happened. Understood. But we don't normally. And by the way, that one seed, maybe they were a good regular season team, but you kind of knew they weren't beating LeBron James in Cleveland anyway. Yeah. So well, it might have been that kind of
2: case. To your point, with that, that's because LeBron James and Cleveland wasn't worried about the regular season. They're they like, weren't. wherever we go in, we go in. And that's, we'll just run train after that. And by the end of
0: the season, even San Antonio with Popovich, what did they start oh, arresting, arresting guys? Them, right? Yeah. and Because they were getting ready for
2: it. And that is where I think the best argument for shortening the season is because as a fan... You know, I went down to Orlando. It was two years ago at this point. I went down to Orlando. Uh, Nicola bought me tickets to see the Sixers play the Magic. I was like, yes, I finally get to see Joel Embiid play. Well, it was the Magic. They weren't a great team. They decided to use it as a rest game for him. So I had gone down to see Joel Embiid, and he sat on the sideline the whole time. Though, got to see a nice TJ McConnell game winner. (laughs) Who's that? (laughs) (laughs) Who's that? Game winner, huh? It was a, dude. I hadn't jumped so high in my this life. This is the regular season,
3: or
0: like a like a
2: preseason <laughs> expedition. Okay, regular season. It was, it was, it was like a charity event or something? He was no, doing no real game. This was like the TJ McConnell mid
0: tournament.
3: <laughs> yeah, TJ for Tots, something kind of charity event. No,
2: but okay. I think, but I think that's the big thing is like these people want to see LeBron James when he comes to Orlando to play the Magic, for example. Like people are gonna want to see LeBron, but if they they're using that as a rest game. And that's essentially what they're doing. They're picking random teams that are are not great, and they're going to rest against them where they could still potentially get the win and be fresh for a uh, you know a Rockets team. Same that they might thing to
3: me actually, so like I can't fault Kuz here. Uh, when I was like an eighth, it might have been seventh grade, um, I was a big. Let's see if you can guess the player. He played for the Cavs. Started out with the Clippers. Played for the Cavs. Played in Milwaukee. He was uh, a first round pick out of high school. And he was my favorite NBA player. The first jersey I ever bought was this guy right here. And I and I I got tickets to go see him in Milwaukee play. And then he sat up because he was trying to rest. Elton Brand. Close, but no. Same. Dra- he I didn't play for same... Milwaukee. No, but no. I'm sorry. So he's playing for the Cavs at the time, though. He's no, I know, but the, You yeah. said
0: Milwaukee Clippers. Cavs. No, no. I was. It was the
3: game was in Milwaukee, but he played for the Clippers and played for the Cavs. Oh, okay. So he yeah. never played for Milwaukee. Never played for Milwaukee. I was going to see the game in Milwaukee. First round pick. Out of Chicago. <laughs> was was in a movie once. <laughs> Darius Miles.
0: I remember him. Yeah. No way. I can't remember his
3: basketball card. He was
0: supposed to yeah. be a star. Oh, dude, man. dude
3: the head pound yeah. man. I was all about some Darius Miles. Yeah. So I got tickets for my birthday to go see
0: Darius Miles play. And then, of course, he didn't play, he didn't and play. that was a that was a major bummer. Yeah. Listen, every every season. In sports outside of the NFL, and you could argue the NFL from a, a being beat up standpoint, but from a saturation standpoint, not even close. I mean, the NFL could could use a couple more games. They could be fine with a couple more games, but every other is too long. And see, hockey and and basketball are too long because their postseasons take forever. Yeah, they go forever. So, it, again, it, it mitigates the regular season. Now, it might not in terms of seeding and who makes it. But from an attention standpoint and a viewer standpoint and an interest standpoint, tell me when May rolls around and I'll turn on the NBA. Yeah. Be- because I'm not that locked in in October, November and December when it doesn't mean anything like 15 and 13 record, even on Christmas Day when LeBron's playing whoever. It, it just doesn't it means a little something because there's nothing else on TV. That's about it. Mm-hmm. But. The, it, it's so hard to change these ways and the habits. Not from a viewer standpoint, from an ownership standpoint, because of the dollars. I mean, the dollars are there. I mean, it's the reason we have the argument in the NFL. It's not that the owners want four preseason games. They know the product stinks in the preseason. Well, they don't want to lose two more games. Yeah. Or at least one home game and one away game. So it's it's one game. at Well, essentially, yeah, it's one game uh, at home. But that's dollars. And so you got to find a way to. Make up the dollars or you got to find an ownership group or a league that's willing to say, hey, for the integrity of the sport, for the for the well-being of our athletes, for the product that's out there. We think this is in our best interest, even if we might have to slide back in our projections dollar wise. And what business says that? Exactly.
2: <laughs> Nothing. What I wonder, uh, too, would eventually salaries for the players reflect a shorter seat? Like, would it get less for them as well? Well, and you'd,
0: you'd have to – I mean, it's hard to say, hey, uh, Kevin Durant should make $44 million for 82 games, and then he should make $44 million for right. 50 games. So you, it's hard signed to justify that,
2: you signed that contract, and that contract's for, you know, essentially 82 games, and now you're only playing, say, 50 or something? Like, it's – well, you know.
0: So it, at the end of the day it – it. All these conversations, I think, are always good conversations. I think there are great sides and debates to, to these, these topics, but there's always two major roadblocks. And I said the money one. That, that's, a, that's the major roadblock. And I do think the integrity of the record books is also a roadblock. Mm-hmm. In baseball, it surely is. You don't want to change anything. Like, I mean, I proposed the seven-inning game. That would be horrible. You You don't want to do it because it takes away, what, 162 games times two more innings. That's a lot of at-bats and a lot of innings pitched and a lot of strikeouts and home runs and all these things. And it's the record book in Major League Baseball is a sacred thing. The record books in the NBA, I'm not sure it's like a sacred thing, but it's still the record books. Mm -hmm. So you compare errors, you compare players, you compare numbers and stats and all these things. Well, now you're messing with that. So it's the two roadblocks. I think when you get to any kind of conversation like this, it's always starts with money, mm-hmm. but then there is this integrity of the record book and the numbers and the history of the game and the way it's been played. And, uh, you know, listen, we saw baseball do it years ago and they went from, uh, what was I think it, were they 144 at one time? I think it was 144 to 162. Uh, so I'm not saying it can't be done, but it really takes. Someone with a bold initiative and a lot of people on the same page from a product standpoint to make that happen. You know, I said nobody does that in business. You know, the one place that actually does it that that, that sticks to it that could make a ton of money if they stayed open. I'm talking it. about a business. Chick fil A. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they could make a ton of money. Morals. If they Brent. stayed open on Sundays. Morals. Yeah. So, but I, you, guess, I yeah. mean, that, that's
3: that's admirable. No, yeah. I mean, when you stick to your guns like that, it is—it is absolutely is admirable. Because it's hard
0: for money not to trump anything.
3: Money usually runs the world. <laughs> Cash rules everything around me. Cream, get the money. Dollar, dollar <laughs> bill, yo. That's a uh, little Wu-Tang Clan for you. Thank you very
0: much. You're welcome. Well, it is like our request and dedication day, so I figured I'd add my own. Very good. You can add yours, star, star, 690. We have Stay in Your Lane coming up. We have Montel Owens coming up in a little bit as we continue to visit. Former Jags players, coaches in our 25th season celebration. Coming up next, we visit current Jaguars players, the rookies. Having some fun today with some youngsters. We'll tell you all about it and hear from some of them. Coming up next on ESPN 690. We got uh, some tips from the caller. Didn't like your hair or something. I don't know if they're talking about your beard. Hey. (laughs) Like I really care about that
2: Well he's not going to see it anymore I I had to ban him Oh you banned him Well if
3: he's Didn't, watching an, On another one of our platforms Facebook, Twitter,
0: YouTube Oh yeah Didn't like my v-neck Well I don't like anybody likes your v-neck but that's. Just... I
2: believe he said quote Who wears <laughs> v-necks these days But I wore one yesterday so That's
3: a good point By both parties but What's up Brent <laughs> uh, Are we doing this again <laughs> Are we doing this again Are we going back and forth You want to do that are we just gonna we don't let it slide? What I just said <laughs> it's your choice, bro. <laughs> we, we, we can take it there if you
0: want. I'm surprised you don't wear a V-neck. Why is that? Stop <laughs> waiting. Let's go. Let's hear it. Oh boy. Forget it. What's ah. up, Marcel?
3: <laughs> <laughs> okay, then, Then we're back. What's up, Marcel?
0: What's up, Marcel? Out, man. Can't wear a V-neck? Can I wear a V-neck? Be honest. No, you can't. I'm not allowed to. Uh no. You wear a neck. Why can't you wear a neck? Uh, a little outdated, though. A little bit,
2: right? Yeah, brisbane hitting the gym. He can wear the V neck.
3: Uh, in the gym, though. Okay. My
2: girlfriend said I looked cute last night when I got home from work. So I, oh. I don't Chris, understand. what's the last
0: time you went why shopping? Do you, why do you look like?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> Here like, we go. Seriously, bro, when is the last time do you, you look went like shopping? Matt
3: Damon throwing hard times is trying to apply for like a Gap commercial, dude. That's Whoa. what you look like right now. Oh,
6: it's oddly specific.
3: Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> That was off the I was off the dome. It, it looks like Matt Damon found hard times, and you're you're in the studio. You're getting ready to go into the dish and You're like, I
0: gotta get this gap commercial. I just gotta get it. I'm starting to look like uh, what, what's what's the ones that he's in, Damon? Uh, one identity. One identity. <laughs> <laughs> that's generous, bro. That's, that's, right. like that that's, that's right. Very generous. like that version of That's <laughs> very generous. I'll tell you what. I mean, one identity is whatever, but he ain't no Tom Cruise. So, Mission Impossible all day. Brent Martin of Austin Lane. Yep, and Marcel Robinson now joins us. That's that should be the question
3: on the poll: Should you wear a neck still? Did do, do, do you want me to? You want me to put
6: that on Twitter? Do you want to <laughs> sure. see, you you wanna see do. those responses? Yeah,
0: but you know, have you ever seen people on Twitter? What's like? Up? I'm not sure they want to should be giving me fashion What's advice. Up, hey? That is
6: a very fair point.
3: <laughs> I mean, if, you know, our listeners, man. Just saying, let's put it out there.
6: I think V-necks are actually coming back in style though, because you know uh, they went out of style a while ago, but I feel like. Like, everyone I see that goes to the beach, they have a V-neck on. Like, I feel like V-necks are coming back.
3: Okay. Well, we'll, let's let it decide here. And you guys just keep talking amongst yourselves. I make the poll.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Marcel Robinson, you were at uh, Jags headquarters today. The rookie's still hanging around. I thought everybody would be gone, go on vacation. Everybody's still chilling out at Jags HQ.
6: Yeah, no, I think uh – for the third time, and I think this is actually the first time I've actually done some TV where I didn't say that we're closing the bank into a training camp because <laughs> yeah. I'm really not sure when no, we're closing it. It
0: doesn't bank. close. Yes. Uh, we're a few weeks away. Uh, it was uh, with Special Olympics. Uh, that was pretty cool, the whole draft class. And they, did, they had the, the works, man. I mean, they had the, the lockers, the jerseys. How cool was it? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a a little low key jealous. (laughs) I'm
6: not gonna lie. We walked in. They had like the, uh, the jersey, of course, the customized jersey. They even had their names in the locker rooms. That's awesome. uh, On on top of the lockers and uh, got a bunch of gear and they signed their, you know, one day contracts to become members of the team and then, uh, took a couple, a lot of pictures, played around, and then, of course, went to the Flexfield where the entire Jaguars rookie class was there. And to be honest with you, I'm really not sure who had more fun. The special Olympians or the players, I'm pretty sure that Quincy Williams is still down there uh, running and jumping in the bank and stuff.
0: You know, you think about that rookie class, right? Think about uh, Quincy Williams. Yep. Think about Josh Allen. Um, think about Gardner Minshew. We're gonna hear from in, in just a second. I mean, name you can keep naming them if you want, yep. but mm-hmm. uh, Juwan Taylor, right? You uh, there? N- yep. Name the guys, and you can see at these this kind of an event them having a blast. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are they are nice. Young men, you mm-hmm. know, they're they're big smile guys, uh, a lot of energy guys. You know, sometimes, you know, it's interesting, sometimes big, big fellas, especially like in football, they're kind of like low key bump on a log kind of guys. They yeah. can be. Yeah, they can. You know, I mean, they they do it. It's a job that's taxing. Chill out time is like, all right, everybody away. <laughs> but, you know, the energy doesn't always come out. I mean, these guys that I just mentioned and that you were around today, they Ton of energy, I mean, all the time, and it seems like they're always on. I guess that's what I'm trying to get to. Mm-hmm. Always on, and being always on is not an easy thing. It says probably about who you are when every time you see these guys, they appear to be always on.
6: Yeah, I would say, uh, echo those sentiments exactly. I mean, uh, I want to say that, uh, Quincy Williams and, uh, uh, Rock Armstead, they were probably, they probably experimented, we'll just call it experimenting, testing the drills uh at least four or five times before the kids even got <laughs> in the in there. Uh but yeah, I, I would say it it's funny because um like you look at these guys as, you know, football players, you know, even though they're draftees, but so I think sometimes we kinda tend to forget that
0: most of these guys are still kids at heart. Yeah, they are young. You know, 22, 23 years old. Mm-hmm. Some 21. Uh So, yeah, you're right about that. Gardner Minshew, you caught up with him. Of course, the Jaguars, uh, I would call him folk hero quarterback. I don't know if he's necessarily the backup quarterback. Not yeah. yet. He's still going to win that job. Six-round pick uh, out of Washington State. But uh people love themselves from Gardner Minshew. So here he is on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690 with Marcel Robinson from today.
1: No, this is awesome, man. We're, we're having as much fun as the kids are. Just coming out, trying to put some smiles on faces. Now,
6: you just said it. Smiles on faces. Not just the kids, but yourself. I mean, I can see you, you know, Josh Allen's out here. All your other rookie brothers are smiling. Just as much, if not more, than some of these kids. How much fun are y'all really having out here
1: as players? Oh, this is a blast, especially in this football stuff. We're just, we're just having fun, playing games with these kids, and hopefully showing them a good time.
6: Now, how w- uh, warming is it for you to see, you know, what you're doing for these kids? Obviously, with them signing their jerseys and getting the contracts, and then coming in to see. All you guys and actually
1: play with you is an opportunity that a lot of people don't get. No, absolutely. You know, anytime you know when we play this game, we have an opportunity to help others, impact people. So anytime we can get back in a way like this, we're gonna try to do it. You're not letting these guys show you up with the touchdown dances, though, are you? Oh no, the the they're scoring on me, but the dances, I, I don't know if they're beating me on the dances. <laughs> All right, man.
6: So this is uh, gonna be a nice little break for you after this wraps up, and then the real job begins for you July 22nd when you guys report back for training camp. How anxious are you to get this thing started?
1: I'm fired up to get back you know there's a lot of work to be done between now and then uh I just got to make sure I'm ready speaking of ready
6: can you actually be ready for training camp obviously this is going to be your first year coming in obviously with Jacksonville with all the factors this being your first year in the NFL new playbook the heat humidity of Jacksonville how ready can you be entering training camp
1: yeah well I, I know what I can control I can control you know knowing the playbook showing up in shape um and so I think if you can do those things you're ready as you can be what were the thoughts kind of lead uh, ending your first mini camp uh Felt really good leaving minicamp, Played really well. Got better as it went on. Just learning more and more, especially for some of the older guys. So it was it was an awesome experience. You kind of alluded to it a little bit some of the older guys, you know, Nick Foles in that quarterback room. What's that quarterback room like? Oh, it's great. You know, we got me, Nick, uh, Alex, and Tanner. Man, we're really just close knit um, group right now. Just competing for those spots. You said competition, but it seems like all you guys are you know real laid back, cool, easy going guys,
6: which is cool. It's what you want in the room. But how how do you guys boost up the competition level because you know, competition level, you know, makes you better. But what's kind of the competition level like in that room?
1: Yeah, no, we all practice really hard, and we all want each other to do well. You know, because we, we know the better we are, the better our team's going to be. And that's what's going to keep you around. So that, that's all our focus is right now is just doing our job so the rest of our guys can do theirs. How are you liking Jacksonville so far? Loving Jacksonville, man. There's always something to do, getting to see the area. We went fishing this week, which is a blast for me. So the more we can do to get out in the community, it's going to be better.
6: All right, now one thing that every player that comes in, the first thing they ask is, where's the beach and the second thing is where's the good food tell me how you find any good food spots lately
1: oh man uh we usually go out towards uh jack's beach out that way neptune beach area find some spots you know we got a really good player development or player engagement guy here he he lets us know all the all the good places to hit all
6: right well let's get back to these kids man show us a little something out there will you i got got you man i'll do my best
0: gardner Mitchell with marcel robinson uh listen they, I don't know if this guy's going to earn the backup job, but it almost feels like he has to be the backup quarterback in Jacksonville, yeah. <laughs> doesn't it? Yeah,
3: I mean he's he's got all the makings of it, right? Like he's got like the the charisma. He's got the. Is he still have a mustache. He's still rocking the mustache. He still, does, he does have the. That must- should never be a question. Oh
6: yeah,
0: well, yeah, okay. He can't get
3: rid of it. So so rocking the mustache, but um, it's
6: not just the mustache. Now he's got a little bit of scruff, so it's kind of blended
3: a little. Okay, bit. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean I feel like he's got everything to be a backup quarterback, if you will. <laughs> you know,
0: uh, to be that folk hero type. <laughs> wow, well, I mean it's just the fact. There's just so much that comes with him, you know. It's mm-hmm. it's so different. It's not like it's not like Tebow, you know. Not like Tebow is like the hometown hero guy and the and the following and the circus. It's not that, mm-hmm. but there is something to Minshew that the fans absolutely love. They mm-hmm. wrap their arms around and and not just here. I mean, the guy's got a following in probably all across America to a degree. With some, again, it's not like crazy, but it, it's an interesting one and uh, it feels like. It's like, man, that's going to be disappointing if he's not the backup quarterback. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what I feel like the fans would feel like. Uh, and, and I do, th- you know, you get four quarterbacks in, three of them are making the roster, and Magoo and Tanner Lee also there. Uh, one's going to the practice squad, I believe, mm-hmm. and I think it will be safe on the practice squad is my feeling, even if it is Minshew. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and one's getting cut. So uh, that's their situation going into camp, and, and probably that fourth yeah. preseason game could, could, uh,
3: And and I think like you look at Minchu's you know, his stats in college, like, yeah, pretty impressive and everything like that, really turned that program Washington State around. But he's got that something else about him as well. You know, I mean, we have to remember the situation that he that he came into where he was getting ready to go coach at Alabama and just be like a grad assistant. And then he gets the phone call to, go to Washington State. And you remember Washington State, what happened there, where their quarterback actually committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And he was asked to step in a pretty rough situation there. Um, and it seems like he won that locker room right away. So from what he was able to accomplish in college in such short time, I'm um, not bring to the N F L man. I mean I think like that's that's a guy you want in your locker room, provided he can actually produce in the field as well.
0: Absolutely. He won yeah. over Tom Coughlin in yeah. the meeting. I mean Tom Coughlin is raved raved about special guy. That meeting. Yeah. And, and, I mean that's that's a twenty three year old guy. You know, impressing a room full of front office people. Well, and you remember right I did with Jack Del Rio back in the day, man. They were not impressed with my interview. Those, <laughs>
3: those are hard. Those totally are hard. Different situations man. The only thing you guys have Hot in concert. common: facial
0: hair. That's about it. Yeah, yeah. And I'm okay with that. I, I wonder, by the way, if Minshew wears a V-neck. Probably not. Uh, more to come on the Jags. Stay in your lane, and and much, much more on ESPN six ninety. You can watch us on all the video platforms: Facebook, ESPN six ninety, Twitch, ESPN six ninety, Jacks. Unless Kuz uh, bans you from there for making fun of V-necks. Uh Also on uh, Periscope and Twitter at Friend As and on YouTube at Action Sports Jacks. You can go back, by the way, from earlier this week and see that entire Jack Del Rio interview here on espn 690 you can do that on uh, any of those platforms but especially on the podcast action sports jacks on espn 690 or on youtube where we have an article in the complete uh interview you I all
3: right sh- i think you owe me an apology i think you owe the fashion community an apology because the votes are in so far brent we have 15 votes 15 votes. And Brent, this is a small sample size, but yes, this, it is. Is this represents the country, okay? And uh, <laughs> we, we are at, uh, did Hillary Clinton win v- next? V- v- <laughs> 20% yay, 80% nay. And you know what, Marcel? Shame on you too, man, because you are supporting him. Marcel, I consider you a, a, an Instagram influencer. You're always fashion forward. You're always taking selfies. You're, you're a big inspiration to of people out there. And you're co-signing on the use of V-necks. Shame on you. And Kuz, shame on you too, because you wore a V-neck yesterday. Yeah, I know noticed it just didn't want to bring it up but guess what it's topical now so shame on all you guys
6: i mean i just said that they the the trend you know that i'm yeah. noticing out yeah. the streets is that they're coming back in shame style. On you, man
3: yeah do you realize how much power you have on in instagram i don't think you do okay you have a lot of power on instagram man yeah you, gotta, you gotta use it for good don't use it for this fake news of v-necks coming back they're hey. not coming back it's over
6: i mean i didn't say i wear v-necks i'm just okay. saying
3: i feel like okay. you know
6: they're coming back in style.
3: Okay. I'm going to wear a V-neck for the next, like, <laughs> month now. Dude, am going to Watch those ratings on Twitter and
0: YouTube. Just plummet. That's cool. That's all right. They're going up. <laughs> By the way, uh, Steph just texted me. He said, Ty wants to know why you retweeted a naked girl on the tennis courts. <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I, See, I, this is the wormhole we talked about when they got cell phones.
0: Well, And yeah. so I said, why is Ty on Twitter? She said, um, okay, maybe your wife wants to know. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There. Uh, well, yeah, I fill everybody in now. So, you just yes. can't end it with that. Well, we had Mal Washington on earlier. <laughs> yes. And he was sharing a story about Wimbledon when a streaker uh, went across the court during the Wimbledon final that he was in, 1996. And that was the story he shared with us. So we had a uh, someone on Twitter tweet us a picture of the actual thing he was talking about mm-hmm. of mal washington in the background of the streaker going through so uh <laughs> you don't really see anything it's not no. that revealing the mm-hmm. picture i retweeted or i wouldn't have probably retweeted it but there it is it's so it's, it's- sfw safe for work yeah absolutely all right uh, stay in your lane this might uh, bridge a couple of uh, segments because we can't get off my <laughs> v-neck but let's go
3: <laughs> uh stay in your lane cruise control uh Brent if I was going to make a prediction for this weekend of one thing that's going to trend I'm going with this right here on Twitter. Oh. Uh All Elite Wrestling has released a new stipulation for a Fighter Fest match in Daytona and it's the stipulation between Joey Janela the Bad Boy and John Moxley formerly known as Dean Ambrose. The stipulation is, is that it's going to be a no no holds barred um z- like basically zero rules uh street fight kind of match. And for those of you that don't know who Joey Janela is, Joey Janela is one of the most um, famous dudes right now on the indie scenes, or he was in the indie scenes, he's all-8 wrestling guy now, but he was on the indie scenes forever, and Joey Janela is known for what they call taking bumps, because if you look at Joey Janela, he's not the most athletic guy, he's not the most acrobatic kind of guy, but he's the guy that's willing to do whatever it takes to get known. Um, and if you if you're interested in that, there's a documentary about him called uh Please Don't Die, Joey Janela. It's it's about a 40 minute documentary where it kind of talks about his rise in the indie wrestling scene. So Joey Janela was the guy who got power bombed through a table during Double or Nothing. He was the guy that got the cigarette stapled to his head, and what a better way to welcome John Moxley into All-Eat Wrestling with his first match as making it a a, a no-holds-barred kind of match. So I think they're going to go above and beyond what's expected here. I think it's going to be all over Twitter. I think gonna, they have something crazy planned, um, and I'm excited for it. So that's Cruise Control. Trending on Twitter. You heard it here first. Well, of course I mean, it's
0: got to do with wrestling.
3: Well, yeah, man, it's, I mean, I'm going to be honest, slow sports day. Real slow sports day today. If we hit wrestling three times? Yeah. You okay with that or not? Did did, (laughs) so should we start doing Stain Your Martino or what? What's up, man? You good? (laughs) All right, let's get into my pump your brakes real quick. Uh (laughs) eagles cancer. You are such a hater. You see what he said? <laughs> I didn't see this. Oh, what I'm talking about? Such a hater. Enos Cantor went on uh, The Herd with Colin Coward and said that his thoughts on Zion Williamson were as follows. He called him overhyped, and he's just a Julius Randle with hops. If there was some way mm-hmm. where we, we could find out just exactly how Julius Randle did the last time he played Enos Cantor, oh, wait a second. Kuz, give me that music. Randall, box score breakdown. It's the Julius Randall box score breakdown. How many points? How many assists? How many steals? How many rebounds? Julius Randall box score breakdown. Keep it going, keep it going. Julius Randall box score breakdown. Edith Cantor wants to run his big fat mouth. Well, let's go to. The box score breakdown, Julius Randle
2: box score breakdown. Sounds a lot like T.J. McConnell's breakdown.
3: You'd be surprised. So, <laughs> the last time Julius Randle played against Enos Kanter, listen to these numbers. 45 points, forty burger, 11 rebounds, 6 assists, 3 blocks, and 2 steals against Enos Kanter. If you're asking me, I think Julius Randle's a pretty good player. Ianis Cantor, so let's uh, let's put our top
0: lip to our bottom lip and just relax a little bit. How does that sound? Now it's maybe his, uh, imagine the hops in there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Add in the hops oh, to 45 burgers? points. Yeah, <laughs> what, what more do you
3: want from him? So, Ian is man. Uh, I hate to call you out, but
0: you got called out. You know what?
3: I
6: believe my generation refers to that as being cooked.
0: Got, got cooked. Charbroiled, Brent. You know, there's one thing you are right about after that segment. What's up? It sure as hell is a slow sports day. Stanier <laughs> Martino coming up live next uh, after the break. Stay in your Martino, can't wait to hear it. See what you got besides that V neck. We got another Jags interview. No, I can't wait to see And for then a little bit one. later, we have Montel Owens, too. No. It's all coming up. Plus, did you see the plane the Red Sox took to London? Can we borrow it? Yeah, that was sweet. It's all coming up next on ESPN 690. Who said the
6: Jags are going to the Super Bowl? Mike Tandenbaum. We're going back to the bowl.
0: Listen, president, owner, slash governor, depending on how you feel about that, Mm. of the Sunshine and Rainbows Club. (laughs) I ain't picking the Super Bowl. (laughs) the Jags. I go. One step uh, back up the, the mountain. The yeah. One step up the mountain at a time here. Uh, he said the defense is legit. They're it taking is. over. Uh, that, by the way, that's, that's another thing that's interesting. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah, who I like a lot, uh, we've talked to quite a bit, he um, he ranks the Jags defense number one, which is interesting because without Telvin Smith, you know the uncertainty there. And you lose Malik Jackson, who's a Pro Bowl guy. And you, know, you could also make the case, if you wanted to argue against the Jags defense, which is what I'm doing right now, you can make the case, no Tayshawn Gibson, older Calais Campbell. Mm-hmm. I mean, listen, there's this is a very good defense. There's a lot of unknowns, though. I, I think there's enough to question if you want to be critical on the other side. I'm I don't. I'm not sitting here telling you it's going to be the 20th ranked defense. But when we say the best defense, when Daniel Jeremiah says the best, you're thinking elite, 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 elite like it was in 2017. Mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know if that's automatic. I mean, not for me. Relative to what they had in 2017, relative to what they had on the field, at least on paper in 2018, did they upgrade this defense?
3: I think when you're depending on a second-year player in Harrison, I mean, I, I don't know if I would call it an upgrade, Brent. And while the linebacker position, especially outside linebacker, I mean, we don't know who's going to even start
0: there yet. That's this what I'm saying. Quincy Williams, yeah. So. I mean, on paper, you lose, you're you going down, you would think, in, at the weak side linebacker. You've got to replace a Pro Bowl guy. And a, a lot of production, yeah. say what you want about Telvin Smith, you've got to replace that. You have to replace a Pro Bowl guy at three technique. Mm-hmm. And you have to replace a former Pro Bowler at free safety. That's but that's not a better
3: defense on paper. No, but I mean, I feel like every team's got to do that. Absolutely, though, right? you know I'm just saying. I mean? Yeah, but you're comparing this one. Yeah. So, um, see, to me, I think it's between the Jags. I think the
0: Bears are gonna have a pretty solid defense. And they were again. number two on that list. Okay. Chargers were number three on the okay. list. Okay. Um, Listen, there will be a yeah. lot of ifs and ifs for everybody, sure. and I think this is going to be a very, very good defense. I think you can count on it being a good defense. It's a known fact that they will be good. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a known fact they'll be elite. I think there are enough question marks to wonder will they be a 6 to 10 kind of defense or a top 5 defense. Yeah. And to be honest with you, what we've seen around here even when you played, right? You you see there's a distinction between 6 to 10 in top five, but I would say even maybe top three. Like, one, two, and three are different than four, five, and six. But there could could be a big gap. Like, your best two defenses or three defenses in the NFL, I mean, those things are strong. I mean, they Mm -hmm. are legit. Mm -hmm. Four and five, they're good. They keep you in games. They yeah. might even win you a game or two. But they're not, like, game-changing, game-wrecking. There is a difference there. I think there's a little bit of a drop off that mountain when you get from two to three to down to four, five, or six.
6: Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I think there are, for me personally, I know there are a lot of question marks, way too many for me to even put them, as of right now, this current moment, at top five. Just do I think that they can be? Of course. I think they have the potential to be. But, I mean, when you have all these pieces that you're replacing and just, you know – uh the the defense as itself as a whole is you know like one big symphony like everything has to be in sync and you're moving you know you know your whole safety position is different and we don't know what we're doing at all the linebacker spots and i think it's a uh all but a foregone conclusion i think we all think that you know it's going to happen but what if you know something happens and Yanni Ngakwe doesn't get signed what if he does sit out you know, then mm-hmm. w- what are we doing there?
0: Yeah. You well, know, to change is big time.
6: So, I mean, Potentially. I mean for me, I, I, I'm with you. I think it's way too early to call. I think that they have the potential to be, you know, where they are being predicted to be. But. You know, we had a lot of predictions last year that didn't work out.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we can only always predict this, 5 o'clock hour on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. You are going to get a better jingle than Austin Lane just gave you in the previous First segment. First of all, in
3: case you didn't know, the guy plays the Pelicans, so I had to go with a song from New Orleans. I so like the song choice. Yeah. The
0: instrumentals were good. Yeah. <laughs> to it's be happy terrible. hour horn My time. My phones look quiet. <laughs>
3: Grab a drink, get a shot, tip a star tender, pick up a V-neck, throw it in the trash where it belongs. <laughs> Bring you up. <laughs>
0: Locally owned tequila right here in Jacksonville. Made in tequila, Mexico, shipped directly to Jack's Beach. Pick one of those up. Make your own recipes with Vita de Louis tequila. One of the smoothest tequilas you'll ever taste. For locations, recipes, and merchandise, visit com. Make sure you drink responsibly with Vita de Louis. All right. You know who the guy has uh, is leading the way? Rookies on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 in terms of interviews? No idea. Murray State guy. Quincy Williams. He you know. is. I feel like we're he's we're been on quite over. a bit.
3: We're taking over. bro. what do you want to say? We're taking over, man.
0: It yeah, is what it is. He has one of the great quotes, by the way, of the uh, 2019 <laughs> year. My head was stuck in a beehive. Yeah, that's pretty good. See, classy. it's uh, something about Murray State guys and bees, I guess. Yeah, we love uh, Can't <laughs> get enough. Love, love the bees. Marcel Robinson at the Special Olympics event today where the Jags. Rookies participated over at Jags headquarters. Catching up with the young linebacker who could fill that void, Telvin Smith, here in the fall.
7: It's wonderful. I actually have a cousin that's uh, special needs, so you know, just being able to do this with those and like know what's going on, that's the biggest thing. And just seeing the smiles on their face, that that will fuel me. So that's why I'm out here running around, having fun with them, dancing and stuff like that. Just the fuel that fuels me a lot. Man, it's been great just getting to talk to the kids, you know, showing them like it's it's good enough to have fun. Like we have fun too. Like it's not always serious. And football is fun. That's the biggest thing. So not just
6: the celebration, the aggression out here. You see them taking this pre- pretty serious. This is what we're going to see on the field coming up this.
7: Yeah. I'm taking this very serious. The big question everyone asks is who is Quincy Williams and I'm here to answer that. And speaking of jobs, you got a big job coming up in a few weeks and training camp kicks off. You ready for that? Yeah, I'm ready for that. That's the fun part right there. Most people say it's a job, but it's not really a job if you're having fun, man. It's the way I live it. Now, you being
6: a defensive guy, obviously, you've been itching to get the pads on and just to, just to be able to touch a little bit. Not kill anybody, but touching anybody. Tell me, how excited
7: are you to pad up and really get this football thing started? Contact is my favorite thing. That's why I'm not an offensive player, you know. I love contact. So. Uh, it's very, it's going to be very, very useful. like, lately we've just been going t-shirts and helmets. So, you know, all guys been dancing around, you know, having a little fun. But when the pads come on, then it's the defense time to have fun. Q-Dog.
0: Quincy Williams, Marcel Robinson. Thanks for the heads up on that, Coos. <laughs> that was a quick one. Uh, good to catch up with Quincy Williams and uh, Jags linebacker out of uh, Maury State. I, I, you know, I have said this countless times. The Jags did not draft. Quincy Williams, to be the starting weak side linebacker in 2019. They did not do it. I think there was a view of 2020, Mm -hmm. much like Ronnie Harrison. Mm -hmm. The Jaguars did not draft Ronnie Harrison in the third round to be the starting safety last year uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars. They did draft him to be the starting safety this year. Mm-hmm. Now, he got thrown in there a little bit earlier, and it Barry worked Church wasn't playing well, and it worked fine. Mm-hmm. And he jump-started his career, and actually gives me, and I think a lot of other people, confidence because of the way he played in those games last year for the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, Quincy Williams, to me, is this year's Ronnie Harrison. And the only difference is you didn't find out Barry Church kind of had lost a lot, lost a big step. Until, what, maybe eight weeks into the year? Mm -hmm. They might have known earlier, but they were giving them a chance at least half. Let's just say the first half of the year, it hit you like, whoa, Barry's not playing well or Mm -hmm. not good enough. And we might have to make a move here. Well, the difference in this one is we know now that they have a void at weak side linebacker. So Quincy Williams could fill that void. Will he be ready to? Can he handle it? initially in his rookie season a lot going on there uh and i think a lot to happen august is going to be a fascinating month in my opinion for quincy williams and it could be for a bunch of those guys that are in contention for weekside side linebacker but if you had to pick one guy really on this football team that august is a huge month for and there are a lot of them but i might put quincy williams at the top of the list he'd be in my top three for sure who'd be uh, the other two <laughs> uh i mean uh i'll, I'll have you guys out. Well, just in general in August. See, I think Cam Robinson, it's a big I was going to say Cam Robinson. As soon as, when it, whenever he's able to get on the field, I think it's big for this football team. Not so much for the future of Cam Robinson, but for this football team. they got to know what they have at left tackle sooner or later. And the sooner they find that out in August, the better.
6: Yeah, I was going to say Cam Robinson and my other guy was uh, just Josh Oliver. I, th- I think that uh, the, the hype around him has been real, and it's it's been there. You know, everyone talks about you know, they can't wait to see him in training camp, can't wait to see him in training camp. Um And I think that uh, obviously we've been looking for, you know, that type of pass catching tight end. You know, all the talk of Nick Foles needing or not needing, but loving to go to his tight end and, and it being his favorite weapon.
3: But at the same it's time, I mean, where should our expectations be on, on Josh Oliver, though? I mean, this is a third round uh pick, you know, uh, a guy who wasn't regarded as one of the top three tight ends in the draft. Um History tells us that when you come in as tight end as, as from the NFL draft to rookie season, usually you don't have a lot of production. I mean, should, should we be all
0: in right now with Josh Oliver? or Should we kind of temper expectations a little bit? Well, I think you're speaking in reality. You're right. Probably should temper expectations. I
3: think. <laughs> but, but but at the same time, though, Brent, we're talking about a John D. Filippo offense that thrives with the tight end.
0: So, but in a, in a lot of respects, and not that the situation is similar, the tight end situation here in Jacksonville is not that different from the weak side linebacker position right now. Yeah, true. It's void. Right. It's yeah. empty in terms of what is known to be good, productive football out of those two spots. So it's not that different. Now, again, Quincy Williams will be a big month. I'm not sure what my expectation level is for him. So to your point, Josh Oliver might be a big month to emerge, or, or maybe it's not even just Josh Oliver. Maybe it's somebody from that room to emerge as a safety net, a that cushion uh, that playmaker on that spot because John Filippo because of Nick Foles. So it's a good one. But I do think Cam Robinson's a big, big factor. I, I, I'd like to know what has been a kind of a quiet play with him because of the injury and coming back from the injury. But, uh, um, I'd like to, I'd like to know by the middle of August, how they feel about him, you know? So those first few weeks, I think will, will dictate a lot on the, and where does then a boy he fit into the role. Does he have to go over there and where did you want to, you know, the the question marks will follow after that domino falls, Mm -hmm. uh, whichever way for Cam Robinson. So uh, pretty fascinating what will happen with those guys. That's something we'll talk about much, much more when we get closer to camp. But those are some of the main stories. And it's not the obvious. It's not for, you know, some of the main stories of 2019. Those are different answers than the big month for 2018. In I mean, sorry, 2019 in August in training camp. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. Leonard Fournette is a big story in 2019. His availability, his production. But to me, he's not a big story in, in training camp. Right. He's a mm-hmm. big story once the season kicks off. Nick Foles isn't a big story in training camp so much. He's a big story once the season kicks off. So there's a difference there in uh, what you're looking at. You know, you just, uh, you came across something. It's list season, by the way. Um, that's, yeah, why, it I, is. that's why I'd rather do uh, requests and dedication rather than lists. But, uh, Was it ESPN, NFL, came out with the the roster list and had the Jags 19th? Yeah, Jags are
3: ranked 19th of, uh, I guess, roster talent, if you will. And this is a a pro football focus insider uh, edition of the rankings of the NFL.
0: Did I see someone tweet today that they had like Jalen, pro football focus had Jalen Ramsey, like the fourth cornerback on our team in Jacksonville? Okay, well then let's go ahead and just throw this thing. I I
6: I don't know who said that, but if they did, can we please make sure we get that to him?
0: And did I just say our team, like I'm on the team? Yeah, you're, you're part did of I it, really man. You're an integral part really really of telling when people say that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you're you're <laughs> telling the stories. <laughs> but and, I and think I most, just said it. And, and here's my surprise, <laughs> Brand. We talked about this last year. Um, the New England Patriots are the are, are the number one roster right now in the NFL. And I get what you're saying. They won a no, Super Bowl. they're not. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. You won a Super Bowl last year, so obviously your team is talented. But if you look at that roster top to bottom, I mean – Yes, yeah, Sonny Michel kind of had emergence yeah, a little bit. That's yeah. good. But I don't think James White's even really. No, no offensive James White, but he's not a top 20 running back, in my opinion. I mean, you look at their defensive line. Do you think anybody's really going to take, like. I'm trying to look at the guys are like Lawrence. I mean, Lawrence Guy played pretty well, but, like, Dietrich Wise Jr., going to be honest, don't know much about the guy.
6: He, he might be the greatest guy.
3: Yeah, I mean, there's just there's just. <laughs> Kyle Van Noy, I mean, like these Is are just.
0: It, I mean, he played well down
3: the stretch. He, no, he's but solid. he's a he's a high motor guy. I get it, man. But he fits the system. But if you look at the roster from top to bottom, I mean, I think the Chargers, I think
0: the Rams, I think the Saints uh are, are more stacked than the Patriots. I said this when the Jags played the Patriots in Foxborough for the AFC Championship game. While the Patriots are always favorites against everybody, and they should be because they have Brady and Belichick, and they figure out ways to win. It's not even it wasn't even a question mark that day who had the better roster. No. And by the way, I said the same thing leading up to the Patriots week three here or was a week two, whatever it was week three. I think it was here in Jacksonville last year. It wasn't even close. It's it wasn't the roster for the Jags was better than the Patriots. Well, on that day, it proved out to be the case this time around. It didn't in the AFC Championship game. And for the season, it certainly didn't. Now, a lot of that banged up injuries. The roster got depleted. Not to say the Jags would have beat the Patriots and gone to the Super Bowl <laughs> if they didn't get hurt. But th- there was a little bit of that. Um, and the Patriots have find ways to win. But when you have these rankings, I, I just can't imagine a computer system, even a pro football focus and they do all their fancy stuff, can find the Patriots roster to be better than everybody else's in the NFL. It just doesn't – there's no way. Even if you're top-heavy with Tom Brady and he makes other people better around, it's not even close. We just talked about the Chargers roster the other day. Yeah. The L.A. Chargers roster is maybe – Twice as good as the New England Patriots roster.
4: Yeah.
0: Mm -hmm. Now, there's a big difference in saying that they're not going to win games or they're not going to win championships. Yeah. You know, best teams don't always win. Best rosters don't always win. That's a different story. But if you were just looking at rosters, the Chargers roster to me is way better than the Patriots roster. And they're coming in right now at number six. On on these rankings, yeah. Which well, now is a again, little... see the rankings are off last year's performances. So if if a guy didn't play well or whatever, right? Aren't that? Isn't that I what the football really, focused man, rankings like, are? Well, so Tennessee Titans are number sixteen. Jacksonville Jaguars falling at number nineteen. Okay, but I mean the Titans, Jags in the middle of the pack. Well, you said? You told me Cleveland Browns. Cleveland were 18, Browns not, number eighteen. I actually thought they'd be a little bit higher. Yeah, with some absolutely. of the talent that they have. But
6: yeah, especially if you're going off of, if if you're going off of you know. Previewing this year, looking into this year, but basically just looking at rosters on paper. There's no way that you can put uh, Cleveland all the way down that low. I mean, they're like the, they're the most hyped team, you know, in the league right
3: now. And this isn't last year's rankings because the Lions are number 20. Well,
0: so not, I don't yeah, get but how Pro Football Focus they grade. Players, no, so, exactly. So it's got to be off last year's play, is my point. Oh, okay, I got you. You know what I mean? I yeah. mean they've got to go individually off of guys. Like they got to take Odell Beckham Jr.'s play and whatever grade they had, and now they put it on the Cleveland Browns roster. Right. But they're also crunching in the numbers for rookies as well.
3: You have to remember too. So I think they take into account See, what
0: like the that. possibilities are this year as well. So they're projecting. they projecting. Okay. Yeah. Um, but even pro football focus, while it's fascinating at times, is like the, the biggest well, mystery. I'm, not taking, in the, I'm NFL. not
3: taking any of these rankings to heart at all. Like, I don't think people should overreact to the fact that all is number nineteen. Honestly, these rankings really mean nothing to yeah. me because I guarantee you they're not going to
0: pan out how they thought they were. So, yeah, bigger bigger picture for me is I'm just always fascinated how people think the Patriots have a good roster. No. Uh, but, but I shouldn't well, say it. They have a good roster. They don't have the best roster. I know, but they won Super Bowls, man. Know, at at the end of the day, shows I mean, Shows you the greatness of the GOAT.
3: That's, that's what you're, it shows you. I mean, you're right. But at the same time, that defense stifled a pretty strong Los Angeles Rams offense. So, I mean, I, I get exactly what you're saying. And I feel like half the... You know what? I'm going to say 75% of those guys on that Patriots roster may not even start on another team in the NFL. Or, uh, at least a top-tier talent team. But for whatever reason, with Belichick, what he's established there, they just make it work. And with that being said, you have to give him one of the top rosters because they're always producing. Now, yes, Tom Brady is a big part of that, but they came up big at different positions when they had to at wide receiver Julian Edelman on defense. I mean, it's, it's, um, it goes against the grain. It's, uh, you can almost, it's hard to explain, but
0: for whatever reason, they get the job done. It is hard to explain it sometimes, but I, I, I think it's like this. If you want to do a power ranking, I have no problem with you putting the Patriots in the top three all the time. Like I really like my my rule of thumb is do not pick against the Patriots. Mm -hmm. But if you want to do a roster rundown, if you want to grade stuff out, I I just can't even put them in the top five, probably top seven, probably top eight. uh, Sometimes of I don't want to get carried away and say top fifteen or anything like that. It's probably somewhere between like seven and twelve in terms of roster in the NFL. Uh, relative to how they what they do is they outperform their roster all the time mm-hmm. because they have a great quarterback and a great coach, and they get the best out of those guys. Those guys play their best football at the biggest times i mean Kyle van Noy's a nice player, but he played unbelievable football the last five weeks of the year, if I remember correctly mm-hmm. so I mean, it yeah. just it's and it 's a credit to them it 's not a knock on them it 's a credit to them. I just never understand how some of these lists and rankings can have them so high from a roster standpoint doesn 't add up uh did you see? You know, I tweeted the Jags playing uh, to London does not look like this. Did uh, did pretty well on social media. Everybody was checking out the the uh, Red Sox plane. I did see it. I saw it for a second. I'm like, it, it made me sick. I'm like, no, I'm good. Like, it, <laughs> just, it just made me upset. Did you make the trip one time? I did not make the trip to London. You didn't? No. Um, not even with the other. Yeah, you wouldn't have. Sure okay. didn't. So we have made the trip plenty. It's a big plane. Now here's the big difference by the way. Like I was joking when I put it out there, Jags plane doesn't look like this. Yeah. Keep in mind the travel party I think for the Red Sox to London for this weekend series at in London is like eighty eight people. Significantly smaller. The the Jags party, or, or any NFL team really. Yeah. I was this isn't just Jags. The NFL teams don't travel like that is my point. Uh, was I think it's probably well over two hundred, probably like two hundred and twenty <laughs> yeah. people it's or something like that. Mm-hmm. Big crew. But I, I mean that plane was pretty pretty awesome. Yeah.
3: That <laughs> no, was legit. I mean, I think everyone had their own little private dining table that seemed like it in looked it. looked like. God, like lo- looking like Ruth Chris in there, it really. It looked fake. I mean, yeah. it didn't
0: look like it was in a plane. That's, what, like it, Ruth that's what it looked Chris. like. Uh, yeah. I need myself a private jet. Well, let's keep, uh, let's keep going viral, Brent. Yeah. We'll get up there, man. Might take a little bit. Hey, when we come back, Montel Owens, scheduled to join us. Former Jags player. We continue the 25 seasons of the Jacksville Jaguars on ESPN 690. This has been such a fun series here on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. We've been celebrating 25 seasons of the Jacksonville Jaguars for the entire month of June. Uh, We will end the series tomorrow, and heck, maybe we'll catch up with some other guys we missed along the way uh, in July sometime. But uh, really been a lot of fun to catch up with Jags of the past. Brett Martin along with a Jag of the past, former Jag Austin Lane, on Action Sports Shacks on ESPN 690. And now joined by... I think he's in the debate, or maybe he just is. The best special teams player in franchise history? Certainly uh, on the list. Not that's- even close, hands down, yes. Oh, yeah, that's an endorsement. There you go. I wonder if he I agrees. I think Welcome he into the show, Montel Owens. What's up, man? <laughs> How you doing, guys? Thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for uh, taking a few minutes with us. We appreciate it. and Well, you certainly would be on the list. Uh, I don't know how many others would argue. I know Kasim Osgood stopped by for a little bit, but he didn't have the career you had here in Jacksonville. Uh, Prior to that, I'm sure others would put their name in the hat, but you did have one heck of a career from a special team standpoint.
8: Well, I appreciate it. I took pride in it.
0: What did make you uh, such a good special teamer? And I know that's not – I know – you know, although you were really good at that, you were more of a player than that—a running back too. Um, sure, but sure. but you obviously took a great amount of pride in being a special teamer, and and it's not an easy gig.
8: That's right, that's right. It's uh, you know you, you earn your keep. Um, you know, I'd say it's simple—just it simply hard work. I mean, uh, Austin. I mean, you know that well. I mean, it's it's uh, it's staying after practice. It's asking all the. The questions, it's, um, it's, it's study, it's, um, uh, hours of work. I mean, that, that's really what it, what it, what it comes down to. Uh, so nothing really special. Um, you know, hard work always sounds easy, but, um, and it's sort of cliche as people say it all the time, but, um, it's, 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 it's knowing that, but then it's, it's actually doing it, which is, which is the hard part. So.
3: Yeah, without a doubt, and I can co-sign on that absolutely because my first year as a rookie, you know, I made my start on special teams, and if I ever had a question, whether it was on punt return, punt team, uh... Montel was the first guy I was going to. I wasn't going to the coach, you know, because I want to get chewed out. I was going to Montel, and he always had the right answers <laughs> for me, man. So, um, you know, like not necessarily. I, it's crazy how special teams work because sometimes you think like you have to have the fastest guys out there, the strongest guys. No, I think it's just the guys that really have a knack for it. I mean, I, I've heard the phrase "It takes a special guy to play a special team so many times I can puke, but that actually is the case. And Montel, man, first of all, it's good to hear from you, Austin Lane. Here, I got to ask you. you too, so, so, when when you came from a small school in Maine you know you're playing running back and Mm -hmm. everything um you got to the Mm -hmm. Jaguars like obviously you came into the team you expected to play running back I mean when did it dawn on you that all right I'm I'm a special teams guy first and a running back second because don't make any mistake about it Montel you're a great you're a great fullback as well for a while
8: well uh, for me I had no pressure I mean I think uh, coming from a small school you, you almost have an advantage because I mean, you know, you're, you're drafted first round, second round, third round. I mean, you have everybody saying, this is what we expect of you. For a guy like myself, I, I came in with really no expectations. You know, I was the eighth guy in, in the room. We had Fred Taylor. Uh, um, you know, we just drafted Maurice Jones-Drew. Um, you know, the list goes on. The Brandon Tofield, um, you know, Alan Perriman. And so I, I knew that special teams was probably going to be my only way in. Uh, and it was a long shot. And so, uh, again, it was just I did what I what I knew how. And the only thing I knew how to do coming from a small school was was work hard and put your best foot forward.
0: Former Jaguars player Montel Owens with us on Action Sports Jackson, on ESPN 690. You know, you started your career in Jacksonville in 2006. I got here in 2008. But I feel like you were always the yeah. example in training camp of, well, you can be an undrafted free agent and make the team. Look at Montel Owens. Look at Montel Owens. Tell us the story uh, when you found out you made the team in 2006. Uh, was there anything interesting about that day? How do you remember it going down? Uh,
8: well, it's um, <laughs> um, boy, it's such a long time ago. But it, it's uh, of course it was exciting. Of course, it you know put a smile on my face. My family was was uh, was truly excited, but. Um, it wasn't really a sigh of relief. It was, well, now you gotta stay there. So, uh, it's, it's one thing to make a team, but I think the immediacy of, of hearing that I made the team was, oh no, what am I gonna do now? I've, I've gotta now keep my job. And so I think that's how I felt, you know, that day was it it was short lived as far as the, the, the the excitement. It was now, what's the next step to, to stay on the team and actually contribute?
0: Yeah, pretty good stuff. Uh, what do you remember about your time through those years? I mean, you ended up stopping in Chicago and Detroit, but obviously your career established in uh, in Jacksonville. Uh, some good, some bad, but uh, I bet it was quite a ride. Yeah,
8: it was. It was. Uh, you know, kind of like you said, you, you got the good and the bad of it. You know, the good of it was, uh, or should I? I'll start with the bad. But the 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 sad part about it was that you know often you and I we went through so many daggone head coaches. so many coaching staffs um but there's a good side of that because um a lot of guys have to bounce from team to team to get that that uh, that varied experience but you know Austin, you and i kind of got that by default i mean coaches coming from all over coming in and from each one of those coaches coaching staffs you got a little little nugget here a little nugget there Hmm. that actually you know turn you into a to a better player so uh, at the same time, yes, I mean, it was we had some rough years. Uh, you know, people came and went. Coaching staffs came and went. But uh, you know, by default, you know I, I was exposed to a lot of different players from all over the league, a lot of different coaching staffs from all over, and I think uh, that that contributed to a uh, to a great experience altogether. Um I did go to Detroit, did go to Chicago. Um, those are cities that, uh, as you all know, I mean, they've got established fan base, generational, uh, fans, uh, which, which is, which was a great experience. It is different, uh, than Jacksonville being a younger team. And so it was good to experience that aspect of football as well, uh, where it didn't really matter how you were doing. You had people that were kind of like just, just absolutely crazy. I mean, it was, it was unbelievable. So, um, so anyways, yeah,
3: yeah. Montel, what was the experience uh, for you to go to the Pro Bowl? You know, especially as a special teams guy, where, let's be honest, I think there's only two of them per roster. So that's definitely a a special honor for you. And especially coming from teams, well, back in 2010, uh, it was an okay season here, but 2011, struggled a little bit. So, you know, being on a team that wasn't really successful and still being recognized by your peers, what did that mean to you?
8: It meant a lot. And I think you just said it. I mean, being represented um, uh, in that fashion uh being selected uh in part due to your peers um that's what was most meaningful uh your peers voted you in and obviously i know there's some fan votes and things like that but i think the bulk bulk of it comes from from you know players and coaches and so uh that that was probably that meant the most that that my peers voted me in and um uh that's still you know that's still a bright spot uh, just in
0: my heart this day. So, by the way, one uh, thing were both of those Pro Bowls in Hawaii. Yeah, they were. They sure. both were. Okay, yeah. because our, now Jags had some Pro Bowlers. I think Gerard made a Pro Bowl, and obviously Maurice Jones-Drew. Uh, but that one mm-hmm. of them was in Miami. Now it's in Orlando. But you got the Hawaii experience. That's what I was getting at here. And I remember you. <laughs> I remember you calling into our TV show on CBS 47 and Fox 30 from Hawaii and telling us what that was all about. So has a little different yeah. feel. Like the Pro Bowl had a different feel when it was like, yeah, we're going to Hawaii. Now it's usually expensive for the player because the family has to go <laughs> yeah. out there, but it's still Hawaii.
8: <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. It was a vacation and and you know, I, I I mean bringing the whole family out for just me and my wife were, you know, it was like an extended honeymoon almost, yeah. you know. So
7: <laughs>
8: opposed to, you know, in Orlando or Miami, obviously, you know, uh, fun venues, but uh, you you're right. Just just the flight over. Uh just kind of, you know, you're you're leaving the mainland and heading there. I think that's what kind of added the the uh the mirage effect to it. It was it was a great experience.
3: Montel, I gotta ask you, man. I mean, I, I, I've been sharing stories here with all the guests that we've had from the from the Jaguars from the past that I played with, and I always share something that really makes me that really sticks out to me um, from playing with them. And this so is I'm, the
0: time of the interview. Where you say, "Uh oh!" <laughs> no, no,
3: it's not at all, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I nothing for you with that, right We're all good, man. Uh, but but the thing that really sticks out to me, and it's crazy how you can just remember these things. But I'll never forget uh, 2012 would have been my last year in Jacksonville. We're playing the New York Jets. And and uh, we're trailing, I want to say, I think it was 17 to three. And you scored, I want to say, it was like over a 30-yard touchdown. And um, and, and I remember watching it thinking like, well, yeah, of course. I mean, th- we see this all the time in practice. And everyone was like going crazy. I'm like, and I was happy for you. But was that probably the greatest touchdown that you had Is that 32-yard run? Or was it maybe like a fumble recovery that you had on special teams or something like that?
4: Oh,
8: wow, that's, a, that's a good question. That's a good question. Um, you know, I think that year we went through so much. Uh, I, I really didn't think much of it.
1: You yeah. know,
8: I, I I really, you know, I really had, I really just felt for the team. I think we we won that. Did we win
7: that game?
3: No, we ended up losing 17 to 10.
8: We, yeah, well, see, there you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think it was, we lost. And yeah. So I, I kind of really never gave it much thought. It, it was more so like, what can we do as a team to sure. to get out of this? Mm-hmm. And so um I I definitely say it's probably a you know fumble recovery on special teams or something like that because uh typically those those shifts uh you know typically win games. And sure. so uh um yeah.
0: Well I'm gonna bring one up for you because Father Tom Willis checked in. I think he's listening, he checked in on social media, he says Montel, one of the best touchdowns in Jags history on the fake punt versus the Texans in two thousand and eight, one of Joe D's best calls. Joe D.
8: Joe Joe D he always rolls the dice now I mean that that's uh I mean you know Joe D is not a coach you want to you don't want to be on the other side because you just never know what you're going to get and so uh you know Joe D you're going to win some you're going to lose some but it always keeps everybody on their heels and uh you know that you know that was early in in my career and and I was just getting to know Joe D but I that year I I knew him I I knew who this guy was he was going to roll the dice and take a gamble and, and, and try to win the game so uh it was definitely fun playing for that guy, but probably one of the best coaches I've I've ever been around. Yeah, and he's um, awesome. Always... You know, Russ Parnell, he's another one. Um, you know, Bonamago. Uh, Austin, like we had just talked about earlier, I mean, just so many great coaches from so yes. many different backgrounds, uh, um, you know, I was really fortunate enough to, to play for so many
0: great ones. Russ Parnell still hanging out uh, in the Jacksonville area, retired now. Yeah. And uh obviously, Joe D with the Jaguars these last couple of years, considered one of the best special teams guys in the game. Montel Owens with, mm. us, with us, former Jaguars special teams ace, uh, former fullback out of Maine. You know, he majored in kinesiology and biology, and minored in jazz performance. That was the story. I don't know if you're the best special teams guy of all time, but you might be the best jazz player of all time in Jags history. You still playing? Still
8: play. Still play. uh, Still play every now and again. Well, now i got kids. So, you know, I've got a few horns. And so, uh, you know, bringing them out, and we kind of, you know, uh, march around the living room. That's always that's always fun for uh, my son and my daughter. <laughs> <That's okay. laughs> hey,
0: you you probably I don't know if you knew this back in the day, but Austin Lane, your teammate, he's a baritone sax guy. Yes, sir. Yeah. Shout, out, shout out to the woodwinds. Oh yeah. All state man,
3: oh. <laughs> all state. <laughs> it's funny, like stuff like this
8: never makes it in the locker room. Oh, you no, know, it's no. like, it's like no, no, yeah, nobody's talking about. You know, where do you place your read, man? You, 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 a little bit just three degrees and where you at. You know what I mean? So,
4: uh, absolutely. Uh, what kind of valve do you use? Nobody talks about
8: that. <laughs> yeah,
0: you talk about reading defenses. That's when Reed yeah. comes into play yeah. uh, in an NFL <laughs> locker room. All right, life after football. I, I said it earlier in the show, man. I I have no you. You are like an under the radar guy. You are uh kind of just yeah. you left football and and really I don't think we've heard from you much until I tried to track you down for this segment. What have you been up to? Where are you? We just saw something online that you do in architecture and, and we saw some examples of it. It looks unbelievable. So give, give everybody an update. Where the heck are you? What are you doing? Well, well, I'm, I'm I'm a family
8: man first. I mean, you know, a lot of people think when you, when you retire from football, you know, regardless of the amount of years that you played, you've been playing since you were, you know, you were a kid. So I mm-hmm. uh, never really had time to, to spend with my family. So I'm a family man first. Second of all, uh, like we had just mentioned, I mean, nobody talks about roof pitches in a locker room either. So that was something, <laughs> as an architect, uh, that's something I, I've been passionate about since I was a kid, uh, traveling overseas uh, uh, with the Symphony Orchestra. Uh, and so uh, when I got done playing, I immediately went to work for, for a firm in Atlanta, uh, somewhere our architects, probably one of the premier architecture firms in the southeast. Uh, uh, stayed there for a couple of years. Uh, ended up going out on my own. Um, a few projects in Atlanta. I've got one upcoming uh, here in, in Jacksonville, and so uh, that's kind of what I've been what I've been up to uh, as of late. So I, I haven't really been keeping up. Pardon me, guys, with with the sports aspect, but uh, I've been uh, I, I've been you know using my time wisely elsewhere.
0: That's pretty cool. So so you are back in Jacksonville, though. I am. I am. Yep. Yep, and uh, is Go this? Ahead. I mean, is this home for good? I mean, you got obviously you got a family yeah. and you're raising kids and all that. Yeah, th- this is home for good. I mean, uh, you know, you know how life is. I mean, we, we
8: can say whatever we'd like, yeah, but uh, yeah. uh, ultimately there sometimes there are other plans, you know. Uh, so, but uh, yeah, uh, Jacksonville's home for me. At one point, I, I had, we had thought about moving to Atlanta. Uh, the thought of it was good; it's a great city, but uh, it was just a little bit much. We homeschool our kids and whatnot, and so we felt. Ah, uh, Jacksonville is just that happy medium, great place to be. And uh, so for now, we are in Jacksonville.
0: This is, you know, we saw, we seriously saw some, an article on you uh, about the architecture. I'm and, looking and at it right now. It's, yeah. know, it's it's unbelievable. Uh, yeah. How much work goes into this stuff, and yeah. it, is it? It it looks like art to me. <laughs> you yeah. know, I know and, there's and a and lot of math that, involved, but
8: <laughs> yeah, and, that, and that's you know, and I, and I hate to say an architect because people kind of have a an idea of what that is and uh typically when some someone says an architect they're talking about the economy architect the commercialized architect um you know i went to some of our architects to really learn how to be uh, and polish my my art skills so um you know architect in the sense of art is, is really what uh, i study and what i'm passionate about uh, more so than a commercialized you know uh, architect that just uh you know, uh, that really doesn't have meaning in in a line, you know? So, um, but, but that's a whole nother conversation that (laughs) we can spend hours debating theories of architecture and whatnot.
0: That's cool, man. That's pretty good stuff. Uh, and great to see you doing that. It's really, it's go uh, check it out on Google, Google Montel Owens and check out the architecture. It's really good
3: stuff. (laughs) Montel, do you find that, I mean, can you really take anything that you've gained from playing football and put it in that field of architecture?
8: Oh, most definitely. It's all the same. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I'm sitting at my drafting table right now. I mean, as, as, we're, as we're talking, I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's the same dedication, the same, I mean, you know, positive energy that must exist. I mean, it's, it's all those things, you know, whether you're an architect or, or, you know, whatever, you know, a fireman, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, obviously all those, uh, uh, you know, um, things that, that were learned in the game, Uh, definitely translate, you know, everywhere else even down to being a dad. I mean, it, it's, just, it's
0: just all-inclusive. Yeah, it's into that. Good stuff, man. Uh, as we let you go, Montel Owens joined us, former Jags running back and special teams ace, two-time Pro Bowler with the Jacksonville Jaguars, played in the league for eight years, 2006 to 2012, with the Jags. Uh, we what, have nine years. Nine, nine years, years. Nine, nine years. years. So, you know, I always so, do the 2006 so to 2014, but it's really nine seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
8: It's, a, yeah.
0: it's really uh, ten. It's really uh, ten. It's, uh, really uh, ten. it's uh, always that uh, uh, year after, too, yeah, that yeah. you're uh, still uh, working uh, out a little bit. Good point. Very good point. pretty bad architect, I'm just a just a dumb sports guy, man. That's, it's, it's easy. Here's, yeah, what, yeah. here's what I want to know. Add a year. Add a year, Austin. A year. Uh, I, I got him, man. I got him. I, I am keeping tabs, though, and tallies of, of how many fights Austin Lane got in during <laughs> practice and who he fought. So I, I think just, he and I got in the fight. Gonna, well, that's didn't, what I want to know. we get it? <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, we, I think we did my rookie year, actually. Yeah, I was right, hoping we were right. going to bring this up. <laughs>
4: yeah, man. Um.
3: It, it, it brings out the best in you, though. Know. I mean, no, it, for it, sure. Really
8: it really does. I mean, you know, I mean, it's like, you know, chef, me and my wife fight every now and again,
3: you, yeah. you know, and it's like, well, it really does bring the best out of you. Well, well but, but I'll tell you what, then I'm going to be honest, man. So, like, you know, and Montel, you can relate. I was a small school guy too, right, from Murray State. Yeah. So I had a chip on my shoulder, and I believe – it was definitely my rookie year. I think we are doing like the punt team, and I was giving the look or something like that. And um yeah, you know, I mean, either it was me or you, but somebody kind of got an extra push in, and we went at it. But I'll never forget after that, because you know, sometimes when you get in a fight in training camp or whatever, it's the dog days of summer, and you know, the, like can escalate to a few more days. But I'll never forget. I'm sitting in my yeah. locker, you know, and and I'm I'm just a young guy, and my tell comes up to me, he's like, "That was some good stuff out there today, man." Like, and he kind of gave me props or whatever like that, yeah, you know. Yeah, so yeah. He, he said, "We're all good." That's um and you know th- honestly man that that really meant a lot to me so, uh, so I appreciate that as well because because it showed me like oh, yeah. it, it always stays on the field you never bring it to the locker room.
8: That, that's right. That yeah. that's exactly right. Yeah. 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 Good stuff. All right. And, so. and you need and you need that drama. You need that drama in, in practice. I mean, you you really do. I mean, you know, it, it's uh you know you've heard it for the tenth time. Yeah. You know, and so it's like, I
4: mean, <laughs> <laughs>
8: it's right. like what can we do out here to bring some you know. You know, bring another dimension. My goodness. I mean, Coach has been
0: coaching. Exactly. Well, you just made the Austin Lane tally sheet. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Fortunately for you, you won't catch up with Evan Britton. Oh, no. (laughs) What's Evan up to? (laughs) Well, uh, uh, he's actually doing like a podcast with Mike Tyson, we heard. (laughs) <laughs> He's in California, man. Who knows? <laughs> We've been yeah, trying to get in touch with him just yeah. to see because that Good must be man. a unique experience. But uh, I know him and Austin went after it a lot oh, yeah. in uh, in practice back oh, in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so oh,
8: yeah. and, and, and guys and guys, I, I I shouldn't have to say this, but obviously you know you, you know how media can be. I mean, I, I mentioned my wife. That's, uh, you know, guys, you, you know what I mean. So. Oh yeah yeah. oh,
0: yeah, yeah, you mean arguments. Yes, yes, I know. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah, 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 yeah. You Go got, you, you got
8: stuff, somebody man. in the car right now riding. To, Did Montel just say he hit his wife? Is <laughs> that what he just said?
0: No, no, good, good huh. clarification. Very good, good, good clarification. Is, let, me,
8: uh, let me call
0: down there. So, guys, come on now. Yeah, oh, no, we're all good. So, we're we're all good. We got yeah. you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, man, 10-year NFL vet. Montel Owens, <laughs> now architect. <laughs> hey, really good catching up with you, man. Stop by uh, yeah, again yeah, sometime, too. all right?
8: All right. Appreciate it, guys. Keep good to hear from you, man. You too. Thanks, man.
0: That's Montel Owens, former Jags player, two-time pro bowler. Ah, you, so, didn't know, well, you, you so tried to keep that a secret that you got in a fight with so Montel. He,
3: he's off the phone. He, he pushed me after the whistle. <laughs> His fault. And, and guess what? I wasn't having it. But, like, it
0: was – let me tell this. Hey, because, because, by the way, Montel Owens not, like, the biggest guy. I mean, he's 5'10". No, he's 225, no. but he's messing around so, with the big guy well, here. I, I like this, so, But here's Feisty. the thing, though. But
3: here's the thing. So I was a rookie, right? And I came into training camp, and it was – it was under assumption that, you know, as far as the guys, like you don't mess with Maurice Jones Drew, you know, like, you don't tackle him in practice, and you don't really mess with Montel Owens either because like, he's he's a captain, you know, yeah, he's yeah. a special teams captain. Um, the guy has sorority, so you don't ever you don't, you don't mess with them. Well, I kid you not, like one of the very first practices in pads, I'm giving the scout look, and the dude pushed me after the whistle. I'm like, <laughs> all right, and I don't know what kind of situation I was in where if I went after him would I get in trouble because we didn't really establish the ground rules, but I'm like. Screw it. I took my shoulder. I'm not taking any crap from anybody. And then me and Montel Owens went at it. But it's like I said, man, after that little scrap, uh, he made it a habit to come in the locker room, give me a hug and said, man, it's all good. We left out on the field and um, I was fighting ever since. <laughs> I love the stories, man. That's yeah.
0: really cool. But Seriously, Google Montel Owens and the architecture stuff. The, the, it's, it's, it's it's awesome. It's insane. Really hey, yeah. I got to go uh, rapid fire real quick. Yeah. We sa- can we get to this finally? Who's going to be better? The Gator three? trio picked in the top 10 from 2007 or this duke trio
3: duke trio i mean with the gator trio you're talking five all-star games for al horford and you're talking three all-star games for noah i think they're going to have collectively more all-star games uh, and be all-stars combined so i don't think zion himself is going to outdo that number
2: i think i agree with you yeah I Thanks, think Zion Lewis. Zion's the one that's like really could just push it over the edge. I yeah. mean if he comes out and he just balls out, it's like, all right, well here we go.
0: Exactly. All right. Uh fair enough. I mean I I think they got a lot to I I would stick with what I've got in the resume r- real. I, I would stick with the Gators right now. I am, Okay. I, I think it's easy to bet against guys. Mm-hmm. You're probably going to be more right if you bet against guys. So it's a talented group from Duke. But I'm going to still say, especially with the Horford heavy part of this, Noah uh, had some great moments. And by the way, Brewers still playing, a dozen years later, that's a pretty good resume. I'm going to stick with the Gators here. Okay uh speaking of the gators gators uh one of our requests and dedication topics and we can talk a little bit more about this tomorrow but was uh how great florida basketball is going to be next year that's what they want to know they could be really good could. they got this yeah. blackshear kid as a, a kid from virginia tech they're excited about that remember mike white we heard from him yesterday uh and he was in town this week he said he likes the backcourt the front court they got to figure some stuff out well this will help figure that out. That's 14 points a game coming in, transferring in. That's pretty good. So uh, I think uh, you might want to pump your brakes on all this Final Four National Championship talk, but I also don't want to be hypocritical because I've said the next two or three years I think are going to be a great window for Mike White and the Florida Gators with all the talent they've got coming in there. And then on top of that, they now uh, get a, a big-time transfer from Virginia Tech. Uh, quick topic, NCAA basketball and football players should get paid. Dedicated to Ed O'Bannon. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've I've, I've yeah remained clear on First that. First Coast Bubble says that. But we can exchange pay with the likeness stuff. Yeah. Uh, or do you not, would you want both? No, I just want the likeness. I, I want
3: the likeliness because that can go across the board. If you talk about just getting paid, well, then you have to uh, get the pay scales for certain sports. I'm sure football players will make more and everything. So, no, just go to likeliness because that way it's fair to everybody.
0: Christopher Peter Pinson also says, Request what's less of a sport, cornhole, breakdancing, or competitive eating? His dedication shook me all night long. ACDC. Hey, maybe we'll get any into that t- tomorrow. I'll
3: answer right now. Anytime you put the word competitive in front of an activity, it is not a
0: sport. Ah, so that's less of a sport. Yeah. I think I would agree with you. Duh. Even cornhole? Eesh. All right. It's, it's not competitive cornhole. Hey, we'll do it again tomorrow. Send your requests and dedications and Paul Puzzles joins us tomorrow on Action Sports Puzz. Shacks on ESPN 690. For Austin Coos, Marcel Robinson, I'm Brent Martin. I'll have a good night. We'll see you on TV, Fox 30 and CBS 47 in a V-neck.